Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show with three rugby league tragics talking everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm Shano. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. We've got another episode of Carpool Rugby League coming your way. And it's good to be back, fellas. We missed last week. Yeah. I do have to apologise. Yeah. Um, I was It's uh, stuff uh, on. Yeah, I had a... I, actually, I'll, I'll put my hand up. I had the flu. And due to the NRL's new 11-day uh, podcasting stand-down, um, I was unavailable right. last yeah. week. Other things got in yeah. the way. Um, I'm I'm back on board now. I've it's been okay. cleared and I'm ready. It's okay. To go. It just it just gives us more to talk about, really. <laughs> That's right. The world of rugby league never you does. Um, Strap yourselves in, people. If you're yeah. on your holidays and you're driving from Sydney to Brisbane, we'll keep you entertained for nearly the whole trip. Get ready. I'll, I'll tell you what. We could have uh, we could have you. Uh, yeah, we could cover the whole way to Brisbane from Sydney and. And then we'll talk about the other teams apart from the Tigers. But um, look, there is plenty to, going on in rugby league, Griffo. Um, we're going to get into it this week. Obviously, we've got heaps of tidbits. We're going to hit Shane up in a moment. Uh, lots of footy to talk about. But, um, you know, without getting too far into it, we've had a pretty interesting start to the season. There's some teams there that we probably didn't expect to be there. And I think there's a lot of excitement for, um, for fans of some clubs that may not have had some uh, things to cheer about in the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's some teams that uh, um, I think are overachieving, but maybe they're not. Maybe they're the real deal. There's some teams that maybe we expected a little bit better from. What it's resulted in is is the most exciting uh, NRL competition uh, maybe ever um, in terms of uh, surprises, in terms of on-field just a brilliant rugby league. Um, it's been great. Uh, so I think salary cap is, is part of that. Obviously, we've seen some teams uh, been forced to lose some players and they've uh, filtered in to some of the lesser lights. In some cases, those lesser lights are going better, like the Bulldogs. Uh, in other cases, uh, uh, not so much. Um, I won't mention the team, but... Uh, uh, they've already got a collection of well, they've got a spoon in there. Uh, they're searching for a second, um, but we know about that from uh, the previous week uh, when, when you know the ad was on. Um, more more to... spoons and a grandmother traveling through Europe. <laughs> indeed, indeed, that's that's where they're heading. Um, now, yeah, it's it's just great. Um, well, I won't say any more. You know, yeah. I'm just. I think the standard has been exceptionally high for most teams. Um, and and we're seeing a lot of tight games. We did see a few blowouts last week. Um, and I think we'll, we'll begin to see more as the season sort of settles down. Um, but uh, up to now, it's it's been high quality rugby league. Definitely. And just looking through the, the games from last week, I'll just uh, refresh everyone's memory before we start to talk about this week and what's going on. Um, Scores from last week on Thursday, we had the Roosters 28 defeating the Parramatta Eels 20. 
Uh, Penrith had a big win uh, down in the nation's capital, defeating the Raiders 53 points to 12. Uh, the Storm came to Sydney and went away with two points, defeating the Rabbitohs 18-10. Uh, we had our first draw in three years, fellas. Uh, the Seagulls and the Knights, um, 32 all. I'm going to call it now. This might seem a bit controversial. I'm going to say right now, what are we, round five? And we'll replay this if it's uh, if I'm totally wrong. But uh, if I'm right, I might as well play it and gloat a bit. I'm going to say that this game has now eliminated the for and against factor for eight spot. I think that, that extra point Ooh. could either get Manly in the eight or Ooh, just out. As so good as I'm a win or as good as now. a loss. I think right? they'll be looking at, at it as a point gain, not yeah. a point loss, but we'll see how we go. That's, what about the Knights? They'll, um, they'll be looking at it. Well, the Tigers uh, are they'll shit, be happy so for the, the Knights don't have to worry yeah. about anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not, some Knights fans might argue and say, well, look, you know, that could be the point that gets them in the eight. I think they've got a lot of improvement before we start talking about that. But I think for a team like Manly to be close to the eight and how close the competition's going to be, uh, I think that one point could be very valuable. Mm. I really yeah, do. Like, they play the Warriors. What is it? Knights play the Warriors this week? That's a big game. Um, Oh. Big game, big game. Um, I think when you look at it, mind you, you know, they've got the the Knights have got the Warriors, Panthers, Cowboys, Eels, Titans. So, yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll they fancy a couple of wins. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think they'll fancy themselves in two of that four. So, yeah. I, I, big I mean, game. Don't write Big them game off. in round 13. Round 13 for them. They play the Seagulls again. Ooh. Could be another draw, and then my theory is blown totally out of the water because they're all back on even points. So that'd be nice if they just uh, shared wouldn't it the be? Would, oh, wouldn't have been good if they play each other last round. They play the dragons. Spot the eight. Um, mm. Well, speaking of the dragons, they had a big win on the weekend, defeating the dolphins. I mean, the dolphins. Last time we mm. talked on the podcast, I think they were undefeated. Uh, they've now lost a couple on the trot. I think. Injuries, suspensions, all that sort of stuff start to catch up a bit with the Dolphins, but the Dragons fans will be happy to get the two points in Wollongong. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos also scored quite a few points on the weekend. Uh, they were against the Tigers in Brisbane, uh, and they remain now um, the only the only team not to lose a game. I just had to double-check that, and yeah, that's correct. They're the only team to still not lose a game, Brisbane Broncos. Sharks went down to the Warriors. Um... That's going to be one of those ones, I think, fellas, where a lot of Sharks fans are going to be saying, how can we be 20-0 up and lose? But um, good on the Warriors for coming back. Mm. And another tight one on the weekend um, in, in Golden Point. So we've had a few Golden Point games uh, this past week and in recent times. The Bulldogs getting the job done 15-14 over the Cowboys. The Titans, of course, had the bye. What that basically means for us, fellas, is that we've got a ladder that, Looks very different to what we've been expecting in recent years. As I said, the Broncos, they're out ahead by themselves. Ten points, five games, five wins. In second place, we have the Warriors. Uh, they're one of only two teams that are on eight points. But if we look just purely at uh, at wins, uh, they're the only team that's won four games because they have played the five. Uh, the Roosters are also on eight points. They're in third. The Seagulls, with that draw, move up to fourth. They're on seven points. 
And then we have a lot of teams here on six, guys. We've got the fifth place Panthers, uh, then the Storm, Dolphins and Bulldogs rounding out the eight on six points. Just outside of the eight on six points still are the Titans and Dragons. The Knights are on five points in 11th. Sharks, Rabbitohs, Cowboys uh, take up 12th, 13th, 14th on four points. Eels and Raiders on two points. And in 17th position, we have the West Tigers yet to record a win. They're the only team without a win. Um, So even this early on, guys, it's looking like a long season for the West Tigers. Um, so that, that keeps us up to date with what's going on on the field and gives us a bit of an indication of where we're at and some of the motivation for our tips later on. But it's probably worth checking in with Shano at the moment, just see what's happening off the field um, because he's always got his ear to the ground. So we'll head over for Shano's tidbits. Yes, well, talking about Tigers... Uh, if you haven't heard their their Anzac jersey, um, it's been deemed Anzac Day jersey blunder. Where they're on the front of their jersey, if you haven't seen it, had the effigy of two people uh, in front of a helicopter. Um, a lot of people, keen-eyed people, um, noticed that the military were all donning in, um, American kit. Yesterday, the West Tigers said no. We were in consult, full consultation with uh, with ADF, and 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 we've you know we've done our homework. And today, it looks like they're going to rebrand their jerseys. Um, they haven't come out with a figure. Rival clubs have said that basically this is going to cost anywhere between forty to eighty thousand uh, dollars. They've come out and said no. It'll be a fifty thousand dollar fix. Uh, if you're the West Tigers and you're a West Tigers fan, this is yet another example of how their house is just a shambles behind the scenes. Um, we said it a few weeks ago when talking about their coaching staff. No one knows who the coach is. Is it Benji? Is it Sheens? No one knows. And clearly that uh, clearly it's not Maguire. And Maguire's probably looking at it going, you're in exactly the same spot as you were last year. Um now we're looking at this kind of thing happening. If if something at the Tigers doesn't change, if the fans don't walk out, if something's got to significantly happen at this club, um, their management has stuck their head in the sand for far too long. And you're probably thinking, well, what do I care? I'm not a Tigers fan. Um, that's true. But I really feel for these guys because the minute the people in the stands are working harder than the people on the field and the people in the background, there's a problem. And it's clearly evident that the people in the stands are turning up to the games. They're watching what they unveil every week, which you know, probably less said about their football, the better. And then what their management has done for years in just absolutely... Yeah, almost making a mockery of what it is to be a part of a board and, and be a member of it. And and you know this is this is they've got five hundred jerseys. I think their initial order was five hundred jerseys which can't be sold. Nothing can be done with them. They actually can't 
you know, they can't they can't do anything with them, like effectively. So there's a waste. They're paying now overs to get these new. That's why the figure's up around eighty thousand. They've got to pay overs now for the short turnaround to get a new to get a new jersey. Um, to get a new jersey done is just oh, far out. I, you know, like it's funny. The board have said no one had an issue with it. Only the members and fans. I'm paraphrasing slightly, but that's what the board basically. Basically, the board has said we've taken on board feedback from our members and fans, and we'll be redesigning. So you got it wrong, but you're blaming the members and fans for having to redesign it. I think that's a cop out. I seriously think that's at the point now where if someone doesn't walk away, it's the world's biggest piss take. I look, we can laugh at the Tigers to your blue in the face. I was I was a member of a club who where things were a shambles, and I know how that feels. And you just wish someone someone who's at the upper end of things would just, you know, would just walk away. <laughs> I'm just giggling. Um, yeah. Apparently their Indigenous jersey is going to have uh, images of um, Native American Indians on it. But um, or Native Americans, sorry. My apologies to our Native American brothers and sisters. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's just a mockery of the thing. If someone's, if someone's finally just got to fall on their sword and say, I'm sorry. Anyway, we've talked about the Tigers. Um, probably probably long enough. It's, it's, you know, it just feels like every time there's a debacle, we're talking about the West Tigers. And I just start, I'm starting to feel for their fans and I'm starting to feel for the people who are, who, you know, who are going out, watching them play. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, great, great. Graham seemed to be another one. Uh, what's this one? Sorry, man. I should leave you alone during your segment. Uh, probably. Yeah. Probably, probably that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joseph Swali, uh, uh since we've last, he signed with um, with Rugby Australia for a very lucrative deal. Um, he's joined the union. He's joined the union. Um, Changed countries to do it. Yeah, yeah. I thought, he, I thought he saw Moen. Well. You're not going to play for Samoa. That's right. Well, that's true. Well, I need rugby league, apparently. Um, what what rugby are basically... Rugby have uh, got a plan for him. This plan, would you believe it? Now, now when, when this story broke, he was going to get paid. Uh, he's going to get paid... Um, I forget the initial figure because the new figure's in my head now. 1.6 <laughs> a year for... 1.6 a year to basically play rugby. Uh, Brandon Smith, he made his, he made his, he made his insights known, <laughs> basically saying you're paying 1.6 for a winger, and the All Blacks will still win the World Cup, <laughs> um, which I thought was quite clever. <laughs> um, is this, rugby is have returned serve because basically, basically, at the, the rugby league for Landis, everyone said, "Yeah, go over, do your thing, you'll come back." Yeah. Like, what's the problem? Rugby have basically said we're going to. Rugby have reportedly looked at tabling something in the order of $40 million deal to keep him in rugby for the rest of his career. That would make him one of, if not the highest paid athlete in Australia. Um, that's insane. 
to begin with, I think, personally. Wouldn't they be Secondly, better off putting forty million into junior rugby union well, that's development? That's what that's what I that's what I honestly believe, Graham. I, I I've Mad. I've coached rugby at junior level and, and, and been a part of it in pre in, in the past. Shit game. And really we got very, very little. <laughs> Other than coaching, um, support you got very, very little from, from rugby Australia. So it's very interesting that they that they want to um, do this. Um, it's it's just in my in my minds, it is um, it is very interesting. Um, can, can I just quickly before you go off that? I know a lot of people hmm. in rugby league are dismissive, saying who cares. But I, I'm going to be honest with you. Do we really like? Is 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 it we need a loss to rugby league? I mean, is he? I'd say is he Graham. A, is he a, any different to Matt Rogers, Lloyd Takiri, Wendell Saylor? You're right, Gray, and and that was at a point in time, and I've got to be. I like rugby. I like watching it. Do I like it as much as league? Probably not, but I do like watching it. I think when they went over, that was during a time in rugby's era where rugby Australia had some phenomenal players. It was just that these guys put their hand up and said, "You know what? I want to give it a crack and see how I go." It's not that rugby were poaching these guys. These guys like. Walker and all those across, they put their hand up and said, I want to give it a go. It's not that they were poached. It's just that they said, you know what? I, I played rugby league. I've had a go. I, I just want to try something different. I want to I want to try my skills out somewhere else. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And for these guys that you mentioned, it worked. Those guys came back. And it's, I know we say, oh, they always came back. They came back you know, after having achieved an exceptional amount in rugby union, not because they were poached to do so, because they put their hand up to do so. The biggest difference here is, is that these got Swahili uh, has basically been asked and has gone to go. Now, do I think that rugby league would be a better competition with him? Yes, I do. Um, do I think? Do I think ill of him for going? Not really. You know, like, here's a young man who's very talented and is trying his wares on the open market. The key thing for him is it's he's got to succeed. Where Takiri, Rogers, Walker, Cross, whoever you want to talk about, they all played at the highest level. They all did very well. Sonny Bill Williams. Um, you know, is Ralph out. They... I'm trying to avoid mentioning him, but okay. Um, yeah, no, but just but for a player like but they, but, but, but they left. Was fine and they, when they left. It was. They left and they did well. I, you know, do, would I rather see a competition with him? Yeah, of course I would. But you know what? He's yeah. got to go and prove himself now. And the difference is, everyone else that's gone has proven themselves. It's now up to him to do so. And, you know, that's the balls in his court. And that's why I think, you know, I, I don't, you know, when someone says to me, what do you think of Swatalihi? I said, I don't, I don't think about him. I think that, you know, he's, he's, you know, would our competition be better with him? Yeah, probably. Um, but at the end of the day, he's got to go and succeed in what he wants to do. That's his prerogative. And Rugby Australia have thrown more money at him than Rugby League ever have. I think they're the ones that would be 
more nervous about their investment than any rugby league team or any rugby, you know, anyone in rugby league and the Roosters especially. So, and and we've got to be honest here. The Roosters threw the money at him initially and then the money at other players post this only because he's leaving. For him to stay in rugby league would take some exceptional accounting and we all can all joke about the sombrero or he'd have to leave the Roosters. Now, that's what every other club faces on a daily basis. So I I think if he wants that kind of money and he thinks he's worth that kind of money, good luck. But, you know, um, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to prove a lot because there's a lot of rugby players who have proven more for their country who are getting paid a lot less. Anyway, I got that's, why, that's what it is. I don't, I don't, I, I'm pretty indifferent about, I'd rather him stay, but I'm indifferent about it. I don't care. Really. Uh, I got, a, I got a few ideas. Some might be a bit different to what Shane or just said. First of all, um, I don't wish him any luck, whether good or bad. I, once he goes, I don't care. I won't watch him. Not anything personal against him. I've got no interest in rugby union. I never will. And, um, yeah, I don't care whether he succeeds, fails, or whatever. Don't worry me. I won't, I won't know. Um, just on that, I think rugby union have, have been very smart. They paid, well, they're paying $4.8 million over three years. Uh, they've got more than $4.8 million's worth of publicity in the last week and a half. Hmm. Um, in all of this year, um, I've hardly heard anything about Rugby Union anywhere. Yeah. But when this came up, it's just been every day, Rugby Union just keeps getting mentioned. And they've had nothing before that. No publicity. Mm-hmm. Um I had to open up a story. Apparently, the head honcho of Rugby Union had something to say. I didn't even know they had one. I didn't know his name. I knew nothing. Now I know a little bit more. Um, as I said, I don't, I don't uh, wish him well. I don't wish him bad. I don't care. Once he goes, that's it. I will watch him over the next year and a half. And he's going to be successful. He's in a very good team. He may find himself a premiership winner um, this year. He may find himself a state of origin winner this year. And I'll, I'll be honest. If, if he is the best guy for New South Wales, pick him. Pick him this year. If he's the best guy for New South Wales next year, pick him again. Um. I, I'm not of the view that he shouldn't be picked in representative sides. He's playing our game at the moment, and uh, and I want my team, that's the Blues, to win. Um, whether he is one of the best, and he really is only going to be in the on the wing unless there are injuries, but if he's one of the best two wingers, I'd have him in there. Um, look, he's, he's a phenomenal talent. I like watching him play but I'll not watch him play in that other code that I have no interest in. So uh, once he goes, that's it. I'll keep watching rugby league. There'll be someone else who'll, um, 
you know, he'll make the headlines. There's no doubt once he goes to Union, they'll get more publicity. And and yeah, good luck to them. They, they, they played it smart, really. Um, no no rugby league player is on $1.6 million a year. Um, I think it's uh, it's not just about the signing of a, of a footballer. It's, it's about the publicity it's generated, which is way beyond uh, what they're going to pay Joe Swali'i to play for three years. So, yeah, they've played it smart. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, that's just about it. Uh, the 18th the eighteenth team, it's interesting. We have 17, and all of a sudden the um, call for 18 teams has, has come about. Um, Lockie is backing the $200 million um, expansion, which will include uh, the Bears coming back as part of the Pacifica um franchise interestingly um the perth franchise seems to be not getting as many legs what what i think when we talk about this 18th team and 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 the, and the generation and the sort of why is it all of a sudden getting so much momentum it's clearly evident that the nrl doesn't want to buy it's clearly evident that if that buy could be another game in a tv deal coming up uh very soon they'd be starting to negotiate that. Um, that would mean another another game. Uh, one thing we've seen at the start of this year is some is some record viewing um, and, and, and people enjoying their footy. So they're very keen that by the, the time that this, um, well, they pretty much said by the time this new television deal gets done, there'll be another club. So we know the formula for a successful club. They've got to be able to self-sustain themselves. They've got to have truckloads of money behind them. They've got to have uh, some sort of player junior base that, that could, they can draw from. Um, I understand that this Pacifico franchise does have a lot of money behind it. I personally think for television viewing, Perth is the best uh, option. Where I think I think us three are in agreement there that once you're on the other side of Australia, you have another time zone that you can pull from. Um, I think it's a watch your space. It's very interesting, though, that um, that Lockyer is is really pushing for this Pacifica um, franchise. Um, and look, guys, just to finish, I know I know we all like our footy. So the New South Wales Cup, if you want to talk about that, at the moment, the top five are the Dogs, Bears, Panthers, Jets and Warriors. So that's... That's quite interesting when you when you start thinking about the Warriors as a franchise. Um, if you want to look at the Host Plus Cup, we've got the Bears, Seagulls. Oh, no, we don't. We've got the Carpers, sorry, um, Central Queensland. Bears, Seagulls, Falcons and Magpies with the Northern Pride coming in sixth. And if you're like me and don't mind the um, the Betfred Super League, um, we've got Warrington, Warrington Wolves, Catalans, Wiggins and Helens. My team's in sixth. Interestingly enough, gentlemen, uh, Warrington Wolves are seven from seven. They have a points differential of 150. So um, they're, they're flying high in that competition. And I think everything else regarding um, team changes, we'll talk about with the team news, and that's it for the tidbits. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Where, where would you like the next team? I, I meant to ask that. If, if we're thinking Pacifica, Perth, we're thinking of maybe an amalgamation of PNG, 
Fiji with uh, some games played in Sydney versus a team in Perth. What do you guys think? Perth? No, no, Perth. Yeah, that's what I thought. But We've I, talked about this before. But I just... I, I don't feel there's a need for a Pacifica team. Um, I don't think you're bringing new eyes to the game. I think you need... If you're expanding, you've actually got to expand. And um, I think Perth is a new market. It offers that different time slot on TV. I, I, I can't, for the life of me, understand why, if you're going to expand, you're not actually going into a new area to, to get a new... I agree. New can I ask you... Sorry, Griff, are you going to no, right. oh. um, Can I ask you both a question without notice? Mm. Um, the Super League had a problem where it started to find that a lot of clubs were presenting a very good case to be in to be a rugby league team. They they presented exceptional business models. They had a lot of money behind them. Um, they they seem to be they seem to to present these ideas where you go okay. They're now telling us to the point where you can't accept this. Are we at the point where could we start looking at a second tier competition where there's a promotion relegation system? Like if, if you're someone who look, 10 years ago, the London Broncos was a team that you'd hear of quite often and they're, they're now relegated. Um, are we at the point where we're thinking about a promotion relegation system where would that keep some of the clubs more honest, like your West Tigers who go, you know what, it doesn't matter how we flounder because the worst we can finish is last and we're there next year. I, I, I don't. Would that, that mean you can't tank a season or would relegation basically be the end of you for a significant amount of time? I, I, think, I think clubs would. I, I think the problem with the relegation promotion system is that I don't think it would work at the moment i like the idea but i think logistically it won't work in the sense of a talent pool so um if a team gets relegated um you know do contracts have to be honored how does the salary cap get applied the other thing too is would those clubs then be entitled to the television rights deal and money from that and i think a lot of clubs if they don't have that slice of the nrl pie that they would fold. I think a club like the Tigers, Absolutely. if they weren't in the NRL and they were having to play no, I agree. the Wales just, Cup, they'd fold. So I'm I'd, just thinking I'd, that I don't biggest think there's is, enough money or strength in the game for that. Would 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 the NRL be able to sustain? Okay, so if, the biggest problem with this Pacifica franchise idea, if the NRL dismiss it, that's two hundred million dollars out. Uh, are we at the point where it's like, hang on, the consortium of business people say we want to do it? Like, who, who are these business people, Shane? Do we say yes? I know. What's that? Who are these business people? I don't know. So they're well, well, I, all I heard was that the Australian the, the government, government wants yeah. to put in twenty million. Well, the Australian both, government now. Well, their I have submission a problem is with that as a taxpayer. Million. Yeah, I, of course I do too. Uh, Put it into but, South and Penrith and whoever. I, we're talking about... Give it to nurses. What I, and look, this is only what yeah, I heard. Give it to what nurses and teachers and frontline the government. Workers. The government is saying it's part of their foreign policy to um, 
to keep the Chinese out of the Pacific Islands. Like, right. you want to keep the Chinese out of the Pacific Islands and give them the money. Like, we're never going to outbid the Chinese. They're already there. They're spending money big in places like the Solomons, Vanuatu. Um, we're not going to be able to match what, what they can offer. Uh, we're getting way off rugby league here. I'm sorry about that. But... No, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, you're, mate, you're the, you're the job. We're educating. Uh, I'm not going to... Uh, like, I, I, I don't it's think good, the I think. League should be part of Australian government foreign policy. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I, I'm, for, I'm for Perth because I think it's better with for, you. For, for Rugby League. I agree. League. I agree with I you. It's better for Rugby League to have a new, uh, a new area with, you know, a couple of million people, whatever they got over there, quite a few million over in Perth. Um the the Pacific Islands and Papua New Guinea are already places where people follow the game. Mm. Um, I it's an amalgam like of of uh, if you're gonna go, I'd I'd rather have PNG than a so-called Pacifica team. You go in any NRL team and and like. You're looking at at least fifty percent of their players are of heritage from the Pacific Islands. Um, you don't need a Pacifica team to get that talent. It's already here. Like, I just and that, does that play more international rugby league? Yeah, That's I agree with you. Be doing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Instead of Can I just Pacifica team, play more games yeah. where Samoa plays, Ponga plays, and we've said that. We've said exactly. that wholeheartedly. You have said that on numerous occasions. There needs to be more of this. Can I just add one more to this? What 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 scares me a little bit, and this will be the end of my tidbits, unless you want to weigh in. Hmm. I'm really worried by the ease at which someone can say we've got a two hundred million dollar bid. I think what I think if I was a club at the NRL right now. I would be saying, what can what can you what can you do to secure the fact that we have a future in your competition? Because the last thing I would like is a situation that happened in the late '90s where a club got turfed under a, a system which the court said was unfair. And and this can happen to anyone. Like, 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 if this, if that was, if, if that, if that kind of thing was enacted today, a club will get turfed. And that, and, that, and I, I, I think what I'd like to see is some sort of guarantee that the competition that we have now stays that way. The sure there's going to be teams that need some help and there's some teams that need guidance. But my biggest fear is, is that all of a sudden rugby league says, well, you know what? We want them in here. But, and we've, we've got St. George Illawarra, we've got the West Tigers, but you two have to merge to make way for it because really you two are bringing us down and you two now have to amalgamate. And we know that these type of mergers, if they were five years earlier or five years later, would be vastly different to the way they are now. That West Tigers merger, five years earlier, five years later, that could have been different. The same with the, the same with the, 
with the St. George Illawarra one. And and I think my fear is I think we I think if I was the NRL club, I'd say, right, we need an assurance from the NRL moving forward to this TV deal that our future is secure in who we are. Because the last thing we want from you is it's clearly evident that by the talk, an odd number of teams is horrible for the NRL. And of course it is. Mm. Because there's a team sitting down where it could be on TV. It wants an even number of teams. I think that team should be in Perth. We think that team should be in Perth because it makes the most sense to a television audience. And that's who's driving this. If consortiums, and we're going to see it more and more because global sport has seen consortiums enter the sport and make a difference. Like, no, Graham and I follow Newcastle United. We know what a global consortium has done for that club. If more and more get in there and you get and you get a, a, a business people from the Pacific who go, we've got $200 million, the rugby league will get to the point where they can't say no. What happens then? Now, I, I'm not playing hypotheticals today because we've got a whole podcast to talk about rugby league ahead of us. But I think it's a, I think it's a really valid discussion that clubs need to have with the NRL and Abdo, I think, needs to come out front and centre here and say, okay, are we saying that a consortium, basically, its monetary value doesn't matter and we take it on face value, then we work from there? Or if someone's throwing this kind of cash at rugby league, what's the next step? My thinking is you spend five years in New South Wales Cup first. Go to New South Wales Cup for five years, generate a rugby league team, Generate some interest and then start talking to us. Does that well? The, are, are we the I know PNG are there. Yeah, I know they're franchise there. Franchise Queensland. No, Cup. you. You're, that's not that. You, you're not coming in as PNG. But, Pull PNG from the system. Bring a Pacifica team in. Generate a logo. Generate interest. Tell me how it's going to work. Tell me who you're going to get because that was that. Look, can I, can if I play Wayne Bennett didn't coach, yeah. Please. Here's an argument for you, just to play devil's advocate. If you had to choose between, say, a Perth team, PNG team, we've been talking Perth a lot. We're, we're, we're big on the Perth bandwagon here on the podcast. One argument, if I played devil's advocate, is uh, if we look at junior bases and pathways yeah, into yeah. rugby league, yeah. I think Perth there's doesn't a have lot. That. No. Well, but Perth you do would have argue it. that <clears throat> the, the Pacifica yeah. does. Yeah. And that's where they, they might also say, yeah. this is sustainable too because there's a grassroots interest and pathway. And also too, another thing that, you know, might play devil's advocate here. I actually think some of those players that we talked about earlier as having, there's a large representation within the NRL. Um, I think for a lot of proud players with this heritage, it would mean a lot to them to be a part of yeah. this team should I, they come in. I think if you look at Volandis, when he came in and Abdo was the same, both had the same charter. Both came out and said publicly, we want to grow the game in areas where it doesn't where it doesn't exist. That included areas of Australia geographically and the female game. I think they've done a great job in the female game so far. I think they've done a very poor job in the geographical growth because, because that's become non-existent. And they want to be able to expand the game to a larger audience. 
I think Perth fulfills everything they want to do. I don't know if the Pacifica does that. Their third charter was to generate interest in order to gain monetary value out of that interest. That's where this bid comes in. Mm. Anyway, mm. that's my tidbits. Just quickly, last question before we get move sure. on, because I'm very interested in what the answer is here. Regardless of how many teams we've got now going forward, let's <laughs> say sustainable rugby league competition. I don't want to get into the weeds of who's in, who's out, where it all is and all that. A mm. number of teams. What is the ideal number of teams for an NRL competition do you guys see? 12. Me? 12? I, 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 I actually go the other way. I actually think you're going to have top and bottom regardless. Um, I think I wouldn't mind seeing 20 play once. You play each other, 20 team competition, play each other once. Mm. Okay. What did you say? And, and you know, you, I know you're going to have a big tail. I get that. I, I, I don't know if we've got you... the talent. I don't know if we've got the talent pool for 20 teams. We don't. I'm telling you now, we don't. But. If, if that drew from Perth, that would generate interest in a new area. Mm. If that's generated from the Pacific, even... that would generate another area. Mm. I think I think, I think, if you had another New Zealand team, we know that Youth New Zealand League was a massive success over the last two years. And one of those was the COVID year. They're pulling a lot of interest from rugby over there. I think the talent's there. It's just going to other. It's going to other sports and other codes. I think if you generate interest in these areas, it would be a fifteen-year plan that would eventually pull. Like, you know, my argument is this: How many people didn't think Melbourne would work? Top. Yeah. What's that? I said, well, people didn't think Melbourne would work, and look where they are. Well, people said the Dolphins weren't going to win. You know, they're going to struggle. Well. They haven't, they I know we haven't finished the comp they yet, still. but they no, might. No, but you know what? They're the winners already, mate. If they cannot. They can lose every game from here on in, and they're still succeeded by yes. what they've generated at the start of the season. So, Griffo, did you? You said twelve. Was that correct? Yep. yep. Ideally. Now, ide- ideally, ideally, I did. Yeah. And ideally, I'm You're right. Yeah. Play to, and, and the thing is, no, and, and, and look, if you were starting, if, if rugby league was a brand new sport starting in 2023 and you said, we need to make it a national sport and we're going to place teams in certain areas, I mean, obviously you wouldn't put as many teams that are in Sydney, currently in Sydney, no. but because of where the game has come from, obviously, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the last person that wants to to see a Sydney team go. I I understand that. But considering where we are in this day and age in regards to markets, business, sustainability, players, um, I I, I think you've got a good point there. Yeah. Well, at the moment, we've got a 17-team comp. That's pretty good. We've got to get rid of the odd number, I think. But anyway. Oh, yeah, um, obviously. Have you guys heard much... Have you heard much recently about the, the North Sydney bid? I suppose it's worth talking just very quickly about them. A- am I still right in understanding, Griffo? Because I know you follow everything really closely. I feel like the last time I heard anything about the North Sydney one was they, they keep saying that they're ready to go, but their model would be that they play 
a few games at North Sydney, and then they are basically the Bears that represent regional. Yeah. They're the Pacifica mob. Wherever, wherever they are, wherever they are. Graham, they're Roberts. the Pacifica mob. They're now Pacific. They're now driving the, the Pacifica thing. Yep. So the, the so 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 am I right in saying? Okay, I didn't know that. So so am I right in saying that this this bid that at one stage we heard a lot about last year where they wanted to be the team that represented regional New South Wales. So the Bears would play home games at North Sydney, Wagga, Tamworth, Dubbo, Coffs, Central Coast. I've been everywhere, man. (laughs) Yeah. I've been everywhere, man. And uh, yeah, and and I know people, people laugh at that, but we've got a team in the NRL that, that are just called the Dolphins that we know are Redcliffe, but Look, anyway, I think we're off in the weeds now, aren't we, fellas? I think, I think. look, Prime Minister Albanese is keen to support the presence of the Pacific region with the Pacifica. Sorry. What the Australian... Go- Sorry, I made, I made a mistake there. The Pacifica is slightly different. What the Bears want is a 10-year funding guarantee that will seek $200 million. What I think that what I think the NRL want is amalgamation of the two. So you've got Albanese wants a Pacific Nations group, the Pacifica group. People like Lockyer and the NRL are saying, okay, let's get a $10 million funding. What's funding Lockyer got thing. to do? Isn't he a board member for the Broncos? I don't know. He's he's one of the people that's come out and said it. I think Maybe he's jumping board. I think what on the board for the Broncos. What's it? I think what's I think what the problem is is that when you've now got these two, are they going to bankroll each other? That's what they're sort of saying. I can't see it happening. I think this Pacifica deal. What I about think this Pacifica? Oh, like, oh. what is it? I think. Um, I think. I think was it twenty? There was a twenty-five million dollar guarantee the government putting into Pacifica Griff something like that. Million. 20 million. Yeah. 20 million bucks. And now and they want a 10 million. They it. want a so what the what what the Bears franchise wants is a 10 million dollar, no, sorry, 20 million dollar a year, 10 year guarantee to bankroll theirs. And then all of a sudden they've said someone in the middle said, well, why don't we amalgamate the two? Mm. What about would 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 relocation be anything like I, I know if the, Look, not not just saying you're I, we're picking you and we're moving you, but if a club was struggling, can like I, we could move I the West Tigers to Perth and they wouldn't even have to change their name. But but you know what, Graham? It's not as silly as it sounds. I think the Perth Pirates was, bid as a rugby league club has been the best bid in the last twenty years. And it hasn't gotten up. So if you're not gonna where, get the Perth Pirates up, why not do this? Why not? Why not? If you go to Perth, you're not going to generate instant interest. You can generate some, and it's going to be good. Why not make it a Bears side that mm. plays back in Sydney every second week? Because when they're in Sydney, Sydney siders, old Bears community will go watch and play. You know how now we go got, over to so Perth, other, you got a new set. The other argument, too, is with the, and I know. <laughs> When I said we're off in the weeds, I'm really off in the weeds now. With the new state government, there's also been a bit of talk, we haven't talked about this, about whether or not 
uh, some of the suburban grounds are going to get the upgrade. No, nah, it's um, done. Fuck, gone, gone, gone. So he's not doing it. He's this is where it. this is where the NRL are going to hold the grand final ransom again. We're going to get into this stuff again. Is there you some? Will Will it look Will it look in enticing for a club if they said, "Look, we know your suburban ground is not getting upgraded. However, we will give you X amount to relocate to Perth, um, and and you've got you know you got a stadium, good to go there. We'll fund X amount each year, yeah. and we'll give you I... salary cap concessions." Is that something that a club it. would jump on board with? Well, okay. So so the first club you got the dogs because that was the Belmore development. I would hate to see the Bulldogs leave Belmore. That was so would I. I don't want any team to move. Horrendous. But I'm just saying, would a team consider Sharks it? was the next one. The Sharks actually have so much other development opportunities and and money coming in from that, potential money coming in for that. I reckon in 10 years' time, it's not going to be an issue for them. They're going to be fine. They just want the government to do it. Mm. Manly? you got you got Manly, who I, I don't think Manly would leave Brookvale. I think there'd be a number of business people who would step up and stop that in the end. They probably don't give money now. They would give money ultimately. The last development, which I, I actually think... I don't think it will go ahead. Is Penrith, and I don't, I don't. think. I don't so it's think also, it was Leichhardt on the on the list. Would ever be in a situation. The only ones like up, but you know what? How many different grounds do they want? Yeah, you yeah, know, I like mean, Leichhardt is a ground. If Leichhardt got made into high-rise buildings, it'd be unfortunate for the locals, but not for Balmain, not for the West Tigers. Do we think who play out get... of fifty thousand other grounds? Realistically, do we think we're going to get to a point where there's going to be three or four stadiums in Sydney and all the Sydney clubs are just going to basically play their home games out of that? So you might have Homebush where um, the Dogs and South play. You might have Bank West where Parramatta and West play. Only, you might have Allianz Graham, where Manly and the Roosters play. Only because... I'm going to say yes, Graham. Only because... These these stadiums are paying teams to play there. Like everyone thinks that a team go like everyone thinks, oh, you know, this team plays out of out of wherever, right? Um, I wonder what they're paying. They're not paying a cent. The 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 company who owns that stadium and the stadium itself is paying the team, wholeheartedly paying that team. I'll give you an example. South Sydney get $100,000 to play out of their stadium. Now, how long have they been playing out of this stadium for now? 10, 15 years? Uh, actually, I want to say 2006. 20? So like, you know, like you're talking 17 about. Years. Over the time, they've generated millions of dollars. And where people go, oh, they only get, you know, like, like it's hilarious because they're only getting how many of it took. They don't, no one cares because TV get their patronage. The club's getting their money. The ground's getting what they need. They're, they're ticking over. They're doing fine. And everyone's happy. The only club I can see that will never, ever move, move 
and I don't think would want to move is Penrith because I think Penrith geographically is, you know, like we talk about Parramatta's just up the road. It's not really, not for a Penrith fan. Because you've got to remember, Penrith fans draw from, like if you even look at their junior base, the Katoomba Devils are their western furthest, you know, that's an hour drive to get to a Penrith game. They're not driving an extra half hour to the Parramatta with traffic. So I think that when you look at it, for me, I think, and, and you know, Parramatta will always play out of Parramatta because of their stadium. Yeah. I think the biggest problem with inner city clubs is, okay, South Sydney wanted to do up Redford Oval. That was never on the cards because the government said no. All right, where else in, the, in, in Sydney are you going to find another plot of land where you can make your own? You're not. But it, there's, there's more it's parks down the other place, and, and we know, and it's not necessary. So, what's the point? Yeah. Outside I, I, of all that, like, and you know, the government have said, Chris Minns has said, there's there's far more pressing issues than making dodgy stadiums look a bit better. And now, I, I, I don't want to say I agree or disagree so, with him, but you know what? Tell me what's wrong with Penrith. How many upgrades does it need? It, it What should have happened was in its last upgrade, it should have may, maybe been bigger then. Uh, Parramatta looks perfectly fine to me. Leichhardt is Leichhardt Oval. It's been Leichhardt Oval for how many years now? You know, back in back when the Tigers won the Premiership, that was when Leichhardt Oval should have had its upgrade. It never did. That was its opportunity and they lost it. Sorry, you're not going to get it back. Belmore, Belmore is fine. You know, like if they don't okay, play Belmore, it's a it's a it's a one off. You know, I look at I look at Brookvale. Brookvale Oval just needs someone to grab it and make it better. Like the you know, like like the shot Shark Park, whatever it's bloody called now. The problem with Shark Park is I can stand on halfway and it's still rubbish viewing. It's 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 a feature of the place. I don't know what it is. I've been there many times and I hate watching footy there. But the Sharkies fans love it. Now get it fixed so twenty thousand people can go there. Because I think what 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 Penrith have shown, and I'm picking Penrith, and this is no disrespect to Penrith. In actual fact, I'm actually praising them. They're the best club in the competition and have been for years. To be fair, they haven't sold out every game. I don't think we need to build a 30,000-seat stadium in Cronulla to cater for the fans. I don't think we need to build a a bigger stadium somewhere to cater for fans. My way of thinking is we have numerous large stadiums in New South Wales in the Sydney region that can cater for that. If you want to get an extra 10,000 bums on seats, organise Bank West. If you want to get an extra 50,000 bums on seats, go to ANZ. What I think needs to happen is more flexibility between fans and the clubs to say, you know what, we could get 50,000 to this game Let's move it to ANZ. Well, they got the flexibility. And if you don't want to get fifty thousand there, if you don't want to get fifty thousand there, keep it at your home. They got the flexibility to change the uh, the pricing of their games if they think they're going to get yeah. more players, yeah. more fans. There. I think I feel for I feel for 
I feel for Penrith because I think they were promised the ground that I and a situation which I don't think was ever going to come to fruition. So, yeah, you know, I, I I don't know, Griff. You're a Penrith fan. You're a member. My gut feeling is, in all this talk, they're going to be left with what they got now. What do you think? I really don't care. Like, yeah, yeah, no. I don't like, really. As long as you watch them win. Yeah, like I'll go and watch them. I got yeah. no problem with the with with the Blue Bet Stadium at the moment. Um, That's simple, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I'm not fussed if it don't go ahead or it does. You know, I'll, I'll still go and watch them. Hmm. We've got footy this week, don't yeah. we? But like I said, it'd be very different. It'd be very different if they said, "Oh, look, Penrith's not meeting our standards. We're not going to build new." How do we get on like this tangent? Out. I don't know. Let's um, talk about football. 18th team. Let's talk about football. Well, Good that's idea. news. There's a new government, and this government won't. Build the stadium, so I suppose it's relevant. Anyway, um, yeah, all right. So that's tidbits. We haven't had Griffo's grab yet. I got a bit lost there in the shuffle. Um, I'm sure you've got something that caught your eye last week, mate. So we might as well head over to you for your segment. What caught your eye, mate? Was it the design of the new stadium, or no, <laughs> no? Um, there are a lot of things that caught my eye, but, uh, really, uh, it's what, uh, what finished the round that, that, that most caught my eye. Um, Matt Burton, um, with his, mm. his drop goal from, uh, from quite a, an angle, uh, 30 meters out. It was on 30 meter line when he kicked it. It was, the ball had to go more than 30 meters from the angle, but. It wasn't just the drop goal, uh, even that was the, sort of the icing on the cake. But it was, uh, it was uh, right at the end of the first five minutes of extra time. Um, Burton, probably mm, down on near his own thirty meter line, put a, a chip over the top for Adokar to to regather. Adokar kicked downfield. Tried to get it back himself. Um, got up near the line. Um, somehow, I can't remember how, but the ball went back down towards the Bulldogs' goal line. Um, Preston dived on it. We're talking with about, well, less than 10 seconds to go. He plays the ball. Flanagan um, from dummy half throws the ball. Know, about 10 meters or so uh, to find Burton who um, as I said from uh, quite an angle came up with the match winner uh, it was a great play by the Bulldogs um, Burton started it the play before with his kick for Adol Carr um, they've got a great combination we've seen it last year a number of times and uh, including uh, we saw an amazing uh, effort between those two guys uh, in one of the games over in England when they were representing the Kangaroos. Um, great, great work, Bulldogs, to win that game. Um, and uh, that was what got my eye last week, and I was on the Bulldogs. Uh, well, actually, some of my tips were on the Bulldogs, 
Um, I'm in a few competitions. Uh, the ones that I could change when I heard Viliami kick out was ruled out. I went in and changed over to the Cowboys, but uh, there were a few that I couldn't change, fortunately. Um, and uh, <laughs> so it was, I was happy to see him put it up. <laughs> Blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, they did well. They did really well, given uh, the injuries that they've got at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And was 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 it you telling me earlier in the week, Shano, that the um the, the Bulldogs were looking at some sort of concession? Yeah, that's for this given... week. That's for this week. So they were looking for some sort of uh, dispensation from the yeah, from the pulp, salary it? cap. Yeah, because of because of the fact that at one stage it looked like they'd have eleven of their forward pack out. Um, I've never known a team. To be one to thirteen with eleven forwards, um, interesting. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, that's a, another thing. Um, yeah, basically they they made the they made the argument that eleven of their eleven of their forwards couldn't be chosen, so therefore they wanted some sort of salary cap compensation to bring other players in, players um, outside the the thirty. Yeah, registered. outside yeah. the thirty, and it, it anyway. The NRL said, "Look, you know, you know, thirty. You got eleven injuries. Are they all injured this week? Are they going to be late inclusions? So basically, are we looking at putting players in that can? Uh, the, the upshot is, I think they're able to name a side, regardless. Um, I, I I haven't had a a serious look at what that side is is looks like." Uh, just yet, I have I have seen it, um, but yeah, they it all sort of came to naught that you know you, this idea that there'd be 11, 11 players out. Um, to be honest, um, we'll go through their team list. Yeah, their team. Yeah, you know, it, it is a bit of a hoothon. But there um, are some players that are still in there that they, they that have are been able to so change. Yeah, and and the, and the thing is, they they basically looked at their roster that the NRL basically said, if you can look at your roster and name a, basically you have to name, okay. The NRL said you have to name 20 um, with the idea that 17 plus one would be fit to play regardless of who's fit and non-fit. Um, and it appears that in some ways they've been able to do that. Um which includes players like um, Josh Reynolds on the interchange. Yep. Yep. Now, look, we'll get into all that, actually. We might as well um, hit that up now. I mean, that, that's pretty much all that's left to do this week, guys, is uh, have a look at what's happening this round and head into um, uh, round six. It's, uh, it's kicking along. So, um, yeah, we might as well get in there and um, start off with our... Round six preview and tips. Two minutes. Yeah, we've got the two-minute tip coming up. And the first game you guys will be um, challenged with picking a winner in is a big game tomorrow night. Um, Storm versus Roosters. Uh, this one's back down in Melbourne. The Storm coming off that win, as I said earlier on, against the Rabbitohs. Uh, I've just been given the updated team lists for tomorrow night's game, we are less than 23 hours from kickoff at the mm-hmm. time of recording. Um, both Storm and Roosters 1-17 to 17 with what was named. 
Um, there are changes though, however, to the teams from last week. The, um, the biggest addition for the Storm would have to be their halfback, Jerome Hughes. He is back from suspension. Um, Tarek Sims also replacing Grant Anderson on the bench. Um, he looks like he'll be the 18th man. Uh, the bigger mission for the Roosters is James Tedesco. He went off last week with a concussion, so he'll be missing this week. Joey Manu named it number one. Um, yeah. A lot of talk around about Joe Suwali possibly featuring at fullback. Um, I'd imagine Joey Manu's going to be their number one this week, and he'll do a great job for them. Uh, May also coming into the team. Um, this one, I'll tell you what, fellas. Um, I might go to you first, Griffo, on this game. We've got the Roosters who have just been sort of chipping away this season. A big player missing for them in James Tedesco, arguably the best player in the world. And I know you've been a bit cold on the storm this year, but is Jerome Hughes being back enough for you to think that they're going to um, trouble the Roosters, especially given the fact that they're in Melbourne? No, I think they can trouble them, but I don't think they can beat them. Um, the Roosters were good last week. Um, they ended up winning by eight, but uh, Parra got a few very late tries to um, get some respectability on the scoreboard. Uh, the Roosters played most of that game without James Tedesco and uh, Joey Manu missed the match, so Realistically, they're probably stronger this week than uh, the team that played most of the game last week. Um, I was impressed with the Harbs last week from the Roosters. Their pack looks good. Um, still missing Lodge, but uh, Wiria Hargreave, since he's come back, has been very good. The Storm getting closer to their best team, uh, but... Uh, Still no big Nelson there. So I think uh, with no Nelson and obviously Pappenhausen not there, I just think the Roosters win this game. Uh, the Storm, they were uh, they were good um, last week. And, and they'll put up a, a strong fight, particularly down in Melbourne. But I just think there's more class in the Roosters' side as, they, uh, as the two teams line up. So I'm going Roosters. What do you reckon, Shane? Reckon the Roosters can um, uh, go down to Melbourne. It's not an easy trip, is it, down to Melbourne? No, nah, no. Nah. And and look, you know, like if you if you want a bigger, uh, I suppose if you want a a bigger, uh, um, you know, Paul Momorowski coming in on the reserves, it'd be interesting to see if that how fit and what's happening there, whether he comes through. Um, I, I think that looking at the Roosters, they have been a very solid football side in the start of this season, regardless of what their win-loss, regardless of where they are, um, regardless of what they lost and what they've won. I, I think they've played some very solid rugby league and I think they're warming to the task nicely. The Storm, um, the Storm more or less are on the same... Um, on the same thing, the, the biggest problem, the biggest difference is, is that um, you know the roosters, the roosters are on eight points uh, with three wins. Storm 
three wins. Um, I just there's a part of me that says that the Storm have had this troubled start, and they're going to want to draw the line in the sand somewhere. And for me, that's this week. When I look at their side and I look at who they've named, um, I just think, you know, Nick Meany, you've got Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, very good spine. No, that's taking nothing away from from the Rooster spine, by the way. Uh, Josh King, I, I think for me, the bench for the Storm looks far more settled and, and it is a very strong bench. Um, I think they lose nothing with their interchanges. I'm going a bit the opposite. I'm going for the storm at home. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm actually think I'm going to agree with you, Shane. Um, and I don't think many people would have expected us. Hang on, you're agreeing with me. I'm changing. Sorry, I'm saying it. I'm sorry, Griffo. You're all, the storm can win this. I, and I know people say, oh, yeah, they can win it. I'll rephrase that. I think the Storm will win this. Um, and I know that if you're keeping up with the Carpool Rugby League tipping comp, I mean, I wouldn't put your house on it. But the the Storm last week, I've got to give them a lot of credit in, in, in how they defended. Um, I was very critical, uh, as you'd imagine, last week of the, um, the opposition in their attack and what they actually threw at the Storm, but I actually thought the Storm defence was was really good, and I think that what the Storm lacked in attack, I think with Jerome Hughes and Cameron Munster in the side, we've got to remember it's been quite a while since we've had both Munster and Hughes, I might say quite a while, I'm talking a number of weeks here, both in this side, um, and I, I also think that um, you know, if, if their forward pack gets forward, they've got Harry Grant there as that extra extra factor. Um, you're now starting to get three really big key players in that spine. The other thing that we haven't really talked about that I wanted to mention, which is a bit of a danger for the Storm, is the fact that you've got uh, Brandon Smith coming down to play his first game in Melbourne since he's gone to the Roosters. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, the, the obvious question would be, how much insight can he provide on the storm, the way they play. Um, I know he's been in the media today talking about the fact that uh, he's told uh, Robinson and all the players, he goes, here's, here's all the play names when they call this. Are you ready for that? And so on and so forth. So he'll be up for a big game. Um, but um, I, I feel for me, and I know this is a bit of a cop-out, this is one of those games where if it was in Sydney, I'd probably be tipping the Roosters. But... Um, yeah, Storm for me in this one. Um, wouldn't be surprised either way. It should be a belter. Okay, uh, the second game of the round is what has become the uh, traditional uh, Good Friday matchup between the Bulldogs and the Rabbitohs. Technically a Bulldogs home game, but as we know with Bulldogs and uh, Rabbitohs games... Um, Season ticket holders have reciprocal rights, so if you're a Rabbitohs reciprocal fan, rights. Yep, you will get the um, the opportunity to enter the stadium on your season ticket. For the Bulldogs, we mentioned their um, injuries. Uh, two players to keep an eye on over the next 48 hours, guys, is Max King and Jacob Preston. Jacob Preston in good form. Um, they've both picked up 
couple of injuries uh, last week. They're expected to play, so just keep that one in mind. Um, Harrison Edwards coming in, Jackson Topine comes in as well. Um, but yeah, with with the amount of injuries they've got and the the question marks there, I think that's going to be a um, you know check the NRL website just after three o'clock on Good Friday just to to finalise those teams. For the Rabbitohs, massive in for South Sydney and Tavita Totola. Uh, he has been named to return from a knee injury. South are expecting him to play, so it should all be good for Junior Totola. Uh, that will mean that Saluka Fafita goes to the bench. Michael Cheekham is a player to drop out of the um, 17th and go down to 18th man. Uh, the other notable omission for the Rabbitohs this week is Alex Johnston. He will not be playing. He suffered a concussion category one last week um, in trying to attempt to score. Um, face planted the ground and unfortunately uh, he will not be available for the Rabbitohs. South Sydney have named Tane Milne to play his first game this year for the Rabbitohs. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, I suppose, one in, one out for the Rabbitohs. Shane, I'll go to you first because obviously you've watched the Rabbitohs very closely. It gives us a bit more time for I the I promised rant, myself obviously. I wouldn't rant. I promised um, myself I wouldn't rant. South still missing supply. I mean, the Rabbitohs a couple of weeks ago were, were mentioning Jai Arrow should be back by now. He's still not there. Um, so South Sydney, whilst they've got Totola back, they don't necessarily have all of their players um, available for this one. But... Coming up against what would you know what would be a depleted Bulldogs side, um, these are the games that South Sydney would be expected to win if they're going to be any chance of being a, a, a top four team this year, which would be the goal, I'd imagine. Graham, there's your problem. You said any that the games they're expected to win, they usually struggle and lose. Um, Graham, I I I don't care who's playing for South. It's it's more an interest of who's not playing for the Bulldogs. Um, they're, they're depleted massively. They're, they're, they've got a lot of people out. Um, a lot of people would say, well, you know, why would you say that? My argument is this. South Sydney should beat most full-strength sides on their day, you know. And we're starting to look at who's playing for South Sydney and who's in and who might be an issue uh, against a side who is significantly depleted. South Sydney needs to start looking after South Sydney. Um, there's been players in this team that have been found wanting. I think their spine has been um, lacklustre at best, and I'm not blaming the halves for that because they're the only shining light at this point in time. Um, it's the rest I'm bl- It's the rest I've got an issue with. The rest of um, the spine. And, and Damien Cook's doing all right, so read between <laughs> the lines there. Um I think that I think that Cameron Murray can't do any more. Um, it'll have it, it's good that Colomatungi's back on the edge. Have Tevita Tavatola back. I just think this side That's needs to one. start. I think this side starts to need it needs to click like it had done. Their attack and once the ball goes wide has been clunky at best. They have not been able to find the players they need to find. Uh, Campbell Graham has tried to invent things at times that 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 you know has been really proving um, to be good. Like you know, I think I think his stint in the Blues helped him. 
Isaiah Tass, if that guy could learn how to pass, that would be helpful. Um, I think that they've got a case of the dropsies that still hasn't abated from um, from about five years ago. So there's a problem that's still an issue. They're missing tackles, Graham. They, they, they were second. They were the second worst team in missing tackles um, behind the storm last week, and they couldn't get the job done. I think they need one big guy to step up, and his name's Latrell Mitchell. If he's playing injured, then give him a break. If he's not injured, then inject yourself, mate, because I'm telling you now, our attack is clunky when we go wide for one reason. Our, our, our ability to get out of our own end is not happening because of one reason. I'm not having a go because you, he has saved a few tries. What I'm saying is this. We can save as many as we want, but this year South Sydney are not scoring them. So we need to be able to start getting that happening. And I just think that I want to see a fluid 80 minutes of football, albeit against the depleted dog side. Can South Sydney do it? Of course they can do it. It's whether they want to do it. And that's been the problem, I think, this year. It's not that they can't do it. It's just that it appears at times they don't want to do it. And people are like, of course they want to do it. They zig when they should zag at the moment. The good sides don't do that. We've got to start getting that uh, happening. That's probably my two minutes. South City. <laughs> yeah, of course they After are. all that. They might even be my joker. Yeah, that's, it's just, I just think, <laughs> but it should be, in all honesty. You tell me a side that's got a better opportunity than South to win by 50 this week. Brisbane and Parramatta. <laughs> yeah, true. But it's Penrith, ridiculous that, like, you're thinking, people are humming and hiring if South are going to win. You know, uh, I'm... You know, like, you know, have a look at them on sports bet. Like, I know we don't advocate betting here. We'll do our usual, well, we don't advocate betting here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, you know, but, you know, what are they paying? Now, what are they paying this week? $1.42. $1. $1. Okay, so they're playing a $1.42 against a side that can't field a team. And yet the Broncos are playing the Raiders. I don't know if can't feel the team. I think I think we're exaggerating. It's shorter. I'm I'm still anyway. I'll have two ninety. The dogs are playing. That's how much faith people have in that side. Anyway, I'll shut up. Go, Griff. Griffo, time for the seven minute rant. I mean, two minute tip. <laughs> Mate, oh. the, okay, okay. The distance <laughs> Sorry, I've got to pause in two minutes, Griffo, because right. no, it's no. started again. <laughs> I've got a fair thing of stop watching this. It's, it's, it's a shoot it's two the minutes. Same. You've got to help me. The distance me. between South and the Dogs is the same between the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Yeah. Oh, look, uh, I'll, I'll keep it short. Um, Sorry, Drew. No, 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 no. There's no need to apologize. I think I give it this two minutes. It's actually two. I'll time it. it. Um, look, South oh, Sydney, shit, eh? on paper, are a much stronger side than the paper uh, that I'm well, I'm looking at a screen, but the Bulldogs are missing something like four million out of their cap, um, and and it's pretty much all forwards. So 
I um, I just think, you know, South. We know what they're capable of. Uh, they're getting close to their best side. They're not quite the best seventeen, but they're pretty close now. Um, and they'll be. Uh, they've got a point to prove after last week's poor performance. Uh, the Bulldogs, they were very brave, uh, and and they got two points that they really needed because that. Um, I, I can't see them getting two points this week, and uh, I, I do think um, it might be a, a fairly large win for South. I'm not at this stage because I'm seeing all the games closely, but that um, they're a contender to be to be my joker. But I've got to look at, at the other games, so uh, I'm I'm looking at just South Sydney this game. What about you, Graham? That was very concise. Um... <laughs> I'm obviously going South Sydney, but even if I... What are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm just saying he's done well. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, the best way for me to describe how I'm feeling about the Rabbitohs at the moment, and obviously there's a lot of emotion in this, as um, Shano has uh, expressed, South Sydney are not good enough at the moment. And I think... Fortunately for South Sydney, given the challenges that the Bulldogs currently have, that South Sydney can win this game without being at their best. Um, I don't want to take the Bulldogs lightly. There are still a lot of strike in this team. I mean, Matt Burton, we saw last week, he got the grab. I mean, that's probably uh, one of the biggest accolades you can have in the week-to-week game of, uh, of rugby league. Um, they've still got a lot of talent throughout their, their team. Um, Reed Marnie. And obviously, if players like... Ja- I mean, I think... I don't know if we've talked enough about Jacob Preston. Um, other than the fact that, Shane, you'll find it funny that there's a there's a bloke that's killing it named well, Jacob Preston. I've always... It always um, puts me off. Like, yeah. That's our... Yeah, we've got... A, a, I'm actually related a, to him, but not that that's one. That's our cousin's name. Uh, different bloke, but, uh, y- you know, it's, it's a bit of a laugh for us. But he's been going really well. Um, Reed Marnie... Yeah, and obviously there's uh, Josh Reynolds is 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 appeared very happy to be back at the Bulldogs. Uh, I think that's where he sees himself at home. Um, I I think that uh, the dogs part of the game plan is going to be to go to the wings, high balls. Um, obviously try to get some early ball to Josh Adokar. There are some dangers there for South Sydney. Um, I, I expect South Sydney to win this game. I wish I had the confidence that the average NRL fan had, but um, yeah, in all realistic, um, yeah, any way you play this out in your head, knowing what we know about rugby league, South Sydney should win this one. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm going with South Sydney, but um, very very wary of uh, this one. Next up, we have the Cowboys uh, at home in Townsville. All Queensland affair, this one, 8 o'clock on Friday night. So just keep in mind, guys, there's no 6 o'clock Friday game. It will be earlier at 4 o'clock because of the Good Friday public holiday. They're playing the Bulldogs South Sydney game in that traditional 4 o'clock time slot. Um, For the Cowboys this week, um, the Balloon, Helium Lukey and Jordan McLean both out with hamstring injuries. Um, Griffin Neme moves into the starting side. Ruben Cotter, he's returning at prop. Um, Edric Lee coming into play his first game 
on the wing for the Dolphins. Um, and Kurt Donahue also in the team this week. Uh, this is a bit of an interesting one here, Griffo, because the Cowboys are a team we had some big expectations uh, around going into this season. Um, as we mentioned, they've only had two wins thus far. The Dolphins starting very well early on. They're 3-2. and two, But um, still, you know, trying to find their way with, with a few players. Um, you know, they're doing the, the hokey pokey here. Um, they've got Nikarima in at 5-8 with Katoa this week. Um, how do you see this one going? I think Jeremy Marshall King, obviously, being in the Dolphins' side is a big plus for them. Um, he started out really well uh, at the start of the year. Um, but yeah, where, where do you see the Dolphins at the moment? Are they are they on the slide, or do you think it was just a bit of a bit of a trip up? Uh, look, um, that's a good question, Graham. Uh, I. I think they've done really well um, so far. But I think last week we saw the fact that depth is is a bit of an issue for these guys. Um, I know they've got one or two back. Well, I think Marshall King may have played last week. Yeah, he did. Um, There's still no Felice Cafusi there. Uh, who's who's pretty important to this team. What we saw in the first three rounds, he was probably their standout player. He's still not back. I think maybe he'll be back next week. Um, On the flip side, the Cowboys have been disappointing. Um, They have had some injuries and critically the suspension of Scott Drinkwater uh, they didn't win too many games while Drinkwater was out. Um, he's back this week, and I think that will see uh, the Cowboys return to the winners list. Um, they've got a few forwards out, um, but they've got a few come back, like Ruben Cotter. He's been out for a couple of weeks. He's back. Um, I think the return of Drinkwater will be enough to uh, I think there's a, a bit more class in the in the Cowboys side. Um, be interesting the, the clash of the number ones. Basically, uh, Hamiso Tabuafido uh, would probably felt a little bit left out with the Cowboys. He wasn't in their top seventeen um, as a result of an injury he got early in the year, and Drinkwater came in, and then uh, we saw uh, the great success there. Uh, but yeah, for mine, it's it's Dolphins uh, to lose uh, this week, and that will be three in a row after their three wins. But Cowboys for me, Shane. Yeah, actually, I, 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 actually, I, I almost I, had a heart attack then when you said for me Dolphins, and yeah, I hung on your words. I went to lose. No, no, no. <laughs> as soon as I said Dolphins, I said oh, oh, okay to lose. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost had a mini stroke then. <laughs> Well, no, I'm sorry, um, and, and, and I do know the number triple O if, if anything happens. I'm a long way from where you are, but triple uh, uh, O will get there pretty quick, I'm sure. Sorry, Shane. Triple zero. No, 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 no. I, I agree with, I agree with uh, Griffo Dolphins. We'll lose. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think I, 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 
I agree with him wholeheartedly. I think drink water is going to provide the voltage that this side wants and needs. Um, he was so pivotal last year to what they did. And, and I just think that this is a guy who he won't be hitting his straps this week. You know, I'm not expecting the Cowboys to win by a mozza. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting him to win. I think that now is the time this side will build as they start to get players back. I, I, I think, I think Cotter is, is, is a good, is a good <coughs> term for, for them. Um, you know, they've got, They've got people now in their extended uh, reserves who who could who could fill in. Um, they've they've now got the depth back where the dolphins don't have that. The dolphins don't have the depth. Um, they've had a great start to the year, and I, I I said it earlier. I think regardless of what they do for the rest of the year, they're probably winners. But um, I really think when looking at this, the the only guy who I think has a point to prove who doesn't play for the Cowboys is like Griffo said, the hammer. And, um, you know, I, I just don't know if he's got the troops around him um, to be able to prove that. It'd be interesting to see what you and Aiken does this week. Um, I thought at times, you know, people have said how good he, I think it's been rocks and diamonds and when he's been diamonds have been brilliant. I, I, I think, look, Jesse Bromwich, Marshall King, Kenny Bromwich, they're people in the forward pack who, who can produce, but I just think there's too much class in this uh, Cowboys team. And I actually think that with their new, um, with the newest, latest injections and who they've got waiting in the wings on the reserves, I, I, I think they've got far too much class. Not just 1 to 17, Gray, but really 1. You know, one to twenty-two. Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't really, you know, mention it all that much, but I, I, like Griffo said, I think um, Scott Drinkwater is just so important to this team. Um, I, I think he is just an absolute quality player. I'm actually, I know, I know, I, I made out a moment ago that. Um, I don't expect the Dolphins to win and, you know, I made a big deal about him, you know, Griffo almost alluding to the fact that the Dolphins might win this. I don't think it's going to be, you know, a one-sided affair for the Cowboys, but I do expect them to win. Um, I think you guys just, yeah, I think you make a good point with the Dolphins. I mean, they've got a couple of players out. But not a lot. It's, it's a weird one with the Dolphins because, you know, we, we, we talk about how there's some players, you know, possibly mil missing. And it's really, you know, I mean, Anthony Milford, I think we need to give him a bit of credit in regards to the importance that he has played in the early success of the Dolphins. Um, I know some people may not have thought this would be the case if I said this prior to the season, but him being out has really impacted upon this team. And whilst Cody Nicarima is um, a very capable footballer, I just think that that takes away from... Um, Are you talking about O'Sullivan? You meant Sean O'Sullivan? No, I'm talking... No, 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 I'm just ta I'm talking about... Milford didn't play the first three games when they won. Hmm. 
Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, then, then he came in. You're right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, I was, I, I was, I just assumed you meant O'Sullivan. I was, yeah, no, sorry, sorry, yeah, because yeah. because was in there with Katoa. Sorry, and Katoa was playing five eight. Sorry, yeah. So O'Sullivan's a big, big loss for them. But what I'm basically the point I should make is we've got a very young half with a five eight that hasn't played regularly in the halves for a very long time. And I just think that lack of stability there, that was the point I was trying to make, is that I, I just think they lack a little bit of direction. O'Sullivan's a massive loss for them. I mean, we know how good he was for Penrith, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's a really good, smart yeah. player. He's out for three months. It's, it's a, well, and I don't know what you guys think. might not have a lot of players injured. It's the quality of those guys. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are thinking. I think he actually drove their attack. I think he was actually the unsung hero in in a lot of what they did i think i think he was i think he was not only the orchestra but i think he was playing quite a few instruments in the background where the ford some of the ford pack got a lot of the accolades i think he directed which way to go i think he read the play better than anyone else on the field and I know I was talking, it might have been around the water cooler to you, Griff, I can't remember who it was. I, I said, I think this guy actually hasn't gotten the accolades he deserves. And I think that's, you know, that that's going to be the principal problem for the for the for the dolphins. If he's not there, there's no one who's the orchestra of this uh, of this, you know, this orchestra. Like the, the, no one, no one can lead them around like he can and i think yeah. that's the problem and the thing and, and the thing like i said because there was that week where i think when milford came in he was playing with o'sullivan i think that might have been the game he got injured um and they they didn't win that week but i think what's important for this dolphins team is to have some experience in that house to in that halves area to know where to go and i know you know and, and this is the point i was making that Nick Arima is experienced, but I just don't think he's got that, um, how do I put it, the authority, I suppose, to go with it. And to a certain extent, in the last couple of weeks, Milford, whilst they didn't win, Milford was an experienced player that could help direct them, whereas now I feel with without Milford or O'Sullivan in the halves, I feel like they're going to be at a bit of a loss. I just don't think that Cody Nikarima can um, can cover that for them. So, um, you know, he's been used a lot in, in recent years off the bench and whatnot. So with without a, a really stable halves, um, experienced half in there, I really worry about the Dolphins. And um, with Drinkwater back, I'll go Cowboys. And I forgot to put the buzzer on, so I'll probably talk for about 10 minutes. But uh, that'll, uh, that'll make up for Shano's... Uh, South Sydney rant. <laughs> okay, so um, following on from that, uh, Griffo, you'll be looking very closely at this game because the next one we have is on Saturday evening, 5.30pm, uh, Penrith home game. Now for the Panthers, uh, James Fisher-Harris, he's got a knee injury um, out of last week's game against Canberra, so he won't be there. Matt Eisenhuth, is the player to come in um, in number 10. Uh, Sonny Luke back in the side. Uh, that'll be um, 
excellent news for, for Panthers fans. Um, many of them obviously calling for him to be involved as much as possible. Uh, he's expected to play this week. I think his concussion was in round four. He missed last week's game from memory. Um, the Seagulls. Uh, Saab's going to play his first game of the season coming back from a knee injury. So uh, he'll come straight back into the side on the wing. Uh, Schuster's back on deck. I think this is a massive in for the, the Sea Eagles. Um, so Cooper John's going to go back to the reserves. And uh, Venture Boyevich has a hamstring injury. So uh, Lawton will be on the bench this week. Um, Griffo, we know you watch the Panthers very closely. They come up against the Manly side this week who... In reality, they've had um, they've had some tight games over the last week, uh, last couple of weeks. They had the draw last week. They went down in Golden Point the week before to the Rabbitohs. Um, they had that high-scoring affair against the Eels the week before. I'll be interested to see how um, how Penrith fans are feeling about coming up against Manly this week, um, and 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 where you think Penrith are at because whilst a lot of people are saying they're not where they should have been last year. Uh, there were some positive signs, I suppose, on the scoreboard, albeit against a poor Canberra side last week. Yeah. Um, oh, look, it, it, tries were scored. A lot of tries were scored, which was good. Uh, some of them were very soft at the end uh, as the scoreboard blew out. And I think that was more about the Raiders defense than it was about the Panthers attack um, I think the big uh, plus for, for the Panthers this year has been Zach Hosking uh, who really seems to have locked down a, uh, a second row spot um, Liam Martin still out with that hamstring this will be three games in a row he's missed um, so he's a massive loss uh, I think in a game like this against a very big manly side, uh, he would have been very, very important. Um, the back line for, for Penrith is the same back line that's pretty much uh, been there every game. Uh, they started to look a little bit better last week and they, they actually did score a few good tries before the soft ones at the end. Um, yeah, the pack, yeah, they're, they're missing really the, the two enforcers uh, in, in Martin and and Fisher-Harris. So uh, Leota has been outstanding. Uh, well, I thought he was very, very good last week um, against the Raiders. Made a lot of meters from not a lot of runs. Um Scott Sorensen, obviously, is a very good player. Uh, we're, we're more used to seeing him come off the bench. So Lindsey Smith, I thought, was very good against the Raiders and deserves to keep his spot there. Uh, he's on the bench. Um, yeah, I think... I don't, well, I'm clear. I don't tend to make too many changes, but I just... Uh, with Sony look back, I just... Wouldn't have minded seeing perhaps a, like a big Eddie Blacker um, part of the, the 17. Um, just the lack of bit of size, the Panthers. But uh, 
what they lose in size, I guess they make up for in in quick play of the balls and rook speed and, and line speed in defense. So um, I'm going to tip Penrith. I, I really think this is a tough game. Manly are, are pretty much at full strength. Um, Jason Saab back into the team. He's caused a few problems for Penrith in the past. He's a very tall man, uh, and he'll be up against either To'o and, or, or Taruva, who are very, very good players, but they'll give a huge amount away in height. So the uh, potentially the the aerial uh, threat of Saab is is uh, is something that, that could be a problem. Olukawatu has been extremely damaging. Um, Manly, their performances over the last couple of weeks haven't been quite the best, although I thought they were okay against South going down in Golden Point. Um, their defense last week, poor, uh, but their attack continues to be quite strong. They're scoring a lot of points. Uh, it'll be Penrith's uh, job to stop them, um, and I'm, I'm going to tip that they can do that, but I think it's going to be pretty tight, Panthers, Shane. Yeah, I, I agree, Griff. I, I actually think Olkowato has been their, one of their best players uh, this season for Manly. Um, I'm glad you said what you said, Griff. Um, when I looked at the team and I looked at the, who was playing for Penrith, I, I, I thought the same as you. I thought that they're a, it's a smaller option, smaller set of options to go for, uh, not in the skill in any way, shape or form, just in, in physical size. Um, I think that this is going to be a very close game. Could, I, I, I actually think that the key matchups of this game, although we talk about Penrith and who they've got uh, forward and uh, bench, I actually think that this is a gr- this is going to be a couple of great centre battles. Um, I think Brad Park has been in absolutely scintillating form, and and with um, Tago and Crichton. Um, along with Harper for Manly. I, I just think that this is going to... I, I, I just think that there's going to be some expansive football. Um, the reason why I say that is I think Manly are going to want to go on the front foot early, get the ball down, uh, make Penrith play from their own end and get their big forward pack to get down there and see if they can hamper Penrith down there. The Panthers, Luai, um, to counteract that, go wide, play it to the people who can get some metres. We know their centres have done that. Um, and I just think that when I look at this is a I, this is a juicy uh, game. I, I really am looking forward to watching this game on the weekend. I'm picking Penrith with with little confidence, and, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I, I, I think that I, I really think that Manly are warming to the occasion. Um, uh, Jake Trebojevic is a as a bookend. It'd be interesting to see when the rotations happen, if he dips back and steps a bit wider. Um, you know, I, I just look at, I look at, I look at the interchange bench for both sides. And I think that both sides have much to offer there. Um, the key thing for me is Isaiah Yo. Uh, re-signed. Is that correct? He, he's, um, has as has to, uh, to be re-signed, which is great for Penrith and great for Isaiah Yo. Um, I, I just think he's the guy. If he can, he can steer the ship from the middle and get Penrith hordes to be where they need to be, regardless of their size. Um, they'll be able to break tackles 
for for Manly, I think it's about Schuster getting early ball, getting outside his man, using that size, seeing what people like Harper and um, Hank Scorpio, Brad Parker can do. I, I just think that this this is set up to be a classic rugby league game. The key thing for me for Manly is their ball handling. I if they get a case of the dropsies. Penrith will make them pay, and that's why I'm picking Penrith. I think Penrith are just, you know, at the end of the day, discipline can win you rugby league matches. It usually wins you rugby league matches, and I just think Penrith have that discipline. Yeah, I like Penrith in this one too. Um, I'm going to go down a bit of a different path here. Now, now Griffo, Zach Hosking, he's, um, I know I'm throwing back to you here. He's been pretty impressive since coming into the Panthers' side. Am I correct in understanding that he's played two first-grade games this year for the Penrith Panthers and scored in both of them? He has, yeah. He, he, he runs oh. a very good line. Um, and he's a really solid defender. Uh, I, I, I was impressed with his defense, uh, I think, in the World Club Challenge. Um uh, I, I like what I've seen in an attack as well in, in the last two games. So, um, yeah, I, Garner's been injured, um, not listed to play at all this week in uh, either this or the, the New South Wales Cup. So yeah. uh, he, he has got an injury, Garner, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why maybe he wasn't quite um, at his at his top form earlier in the year. Um but Hosking's been great. Uh, as I said, uh, his uh, sort of lookalike, Lindsay Smith, Lindsay Smith a little bit taller, but I thought he was fantastic last week against the Raiders. So um, good to see him there again this week, Lindsay Smith. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go my tip. Um, I'm going the exotic this week. I, I am tipping Penrith. But for the, the, the people that like a punt or even, I mean, I won't punt on this because... Um, it's 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 too hard to earn to 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 give it to sports bet. <laughs> I'm going to go the Zach Hosking anytime try scorer as my um as as my tip this week because I uh, I've been very impressed with what he's done. Um, but yeah, I, I, I expect Penrith to win this one. Obviously, they have some. They look realistically there's some very key personnel for Penrith missing from their forward pack. Um, Fisher Harris, Liam Martin. Um, they 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 do have some players missing. I'd be very interesting interested this week to see the amount of time Sonny Luke gets. Uh, obviously coming back into the side, I think most people that watch Penrith on a week to week basis are very keen to see his minutes maximised. And I almost feel as though it's going to be a slow burn for Sonny Luke. I think. He's going to get more and more time, and um, I, I've, I've actually got the gut feeling that come finals time, he's just going to effectively going to be playing the majority of the game, um, or, you know, the, the vast majority of the game. You know, it could be 60 to 70 minutes of it, if not uh, more. But um, tough game for Penrith this week, but I, I think Penrith, not only because they're at home, but because they're um, they're just a quality team, and last week they showed they can score some points, and whilst Manly have um, 
have periods where they defend well. Uh, they have also shown thus far this year they can leak some points. So I think Penrith might be able to exploit that. I'm tipping the Penrith. Can I ask you guys home. a 30, 30 second question with the, without notice? Go for um, it. Big, it was big news at the, at, at the end of last year. What is the role of Tyrone Peachy in this team? Does he have a role? Uh, yeah, good question, Shane. Um, I, I think he's competing with uh, with the dog for uh, mm-hmm. for a bench spot. I don't th- yep. think you can really have both of them there. Um, Jamin Salmon essentially has been playing as an edge back role when he comes onto the field, and I don't think he's a very good edge back rower. Um, mm-hmm. That's not a direct, well, sounds like a criticism, but I think he's there for his utility value that he can cover um, the halves, he can play centers. Uh, whereas, and, and Peachy obviously offers that similar. He can play almost anywhere, Tyrone Peachy. Um, yep. So at full strength, at best, you're going to have one of those guys on the bench. You can't have both if you're carrying uh, a, a sub hooker. No. Yep. Um, I, 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 I think Tyron Peachy is the perfect 18th man. When you have oh, in this day and age, correct. and it will, mm. it will expand, mm. I think, eventually. But when you have only one player that you can choose to come on, should you have to enact the 18th man, uh, he is the most versatile player that that is not in the top 17. And I think he is the ultimate 18th man because if you have an issue with a forward, um, he can come in and play back row. Even if it's a prop, you can probably yep. get one of your, your forwards to play in the uh, middle. They, they play, they play Mitch row. Kenny, Graham. They play Mitch Kenny basically as a prop when he's when Sonny Luke comes on as hooker. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Peachy, you're right. You, and you, you know, you get a head line, knock on anyone. You can yeah. He's, he is a bit of a shuffle is, is useful. Yeah, but yeah, likewise, Summon Summon could be an eighteenth man if he's not in the seventeen, because um, he, he does offer that versatility as well. In the seventeen, mm-hmm. is is Salmon a better option than Peachy? Is it much of a muchness? Is it? No, to be to be to be honest, if you've got James Fisher Harris and Liam Martin back two have to go and I would um, I would think those well Matt Eisenhuth would be one of those and I Simon. would think Simon yeah. might yeah. be the other um, I, I think Lindsay Smith if they're picking their best 17 I think he's in there at the moment um, but it, it is good to have that guy that can cover the back line which either Salmon or, or Peachy can do. So, um, yeah, there's versatility there. But at full strength, um, you, some two of them have got to make way for Fisher-Harris and Martin. Um, yeah, Peachy probably can play more positions than Jamin Salmon. Um, but, uh, yeah, Salmon's... You know, he was good last year, and he's been okay. Um, and of course, yep. uh, he scored that uh, that try, which created all sorts of 
controversy since uh, uh, well, I won't go down that path, but a whole heap of wind has blown through the media. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, for Salmon, it was, it was a big <laughs> thing. Because it, he, he, yeah, I think he was vilified last year. Um, he got up, scored a try, and he was excited. Apparently, for 60 minutes, um, while he was sitting on the bench, the crowd was just giving it to him. Um, and, and from what I heard, that it was more... It was more a go at the crowd rather than at Coach Stewart uh, after he scored the try. Um, Can I weigh in for 30 seconds? Certainly. This guy was publicly... um, I'm trying to find the right word. We'll say put down because the other words, I don't want to get myself in trouble. And... And he wore that. He's well, regardless of his history, you know, like whether that's warranted or not, or whether it's proven or not, that's that's between two people. He came out and his emotions showed that hang on, I'm sticking up for myself. Can someone highlight to me where he was wrong? Because I didn't see in a public forum where it was one-on-one with a set of reporters, he said anything poorly. Because you know what? I've been behind the posts at a rugby league match where a player has run over the other player, scored a try, and said derogatory stuff and said whatever, and that's rugby league. But yet this guy looks up and says something and all hell breaks loose. Like, am I missing something here? Uh, I'm going to open a can of worms here and I'm not saying I necessarily agree with this. I don't think think there would have been an... I don't think that the the talk this week has been about Jamin Salmon's comments as he scored the try i think a lot of the media would have been left there i think a lot of them have jumped on nathan clear uh, nathan ivan cleary's comments in the press conference um yeah, but that's ivan expanding on it no. yeah, that's ivan's problem I, I i if ivan wants to expand on it i'll be honest i don't think i don't think james copped that much this week i think it's more no. been ivan cleary like, whatever honestly, ivan yeah. does ivan does he's the coach he he says what he says and yeah I, Coaches live and die by their comments. I may have missed it, but I don't feel like many many have been vilifying Jamin this week. What cracks me up is is that for his spray's been the pitcher behind it all. And I'm thinking, he's up, guys. Here's a guy who, who stepped up in a game that just happened to be against the club that sort of called him... Uh, was it weak, weak gutted dog? Was that the weak word? That dog. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah. I, I, won't, um, I won't say the Canberra club, but the Canberra no, no, club the, the, the coach. coach of that club. My apologies. Look, and I think honesty, he has every we, right. If we had a conniption every time he said something stupid, we'd be. Yeah, I just think I, I just think I think that I think there's certain media outlets, and and I'll choose my words carefully. I think there's certain media outlets 
whose 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 te- television opinions lead to their newspaper articles the next day, and and you know you know what I do right, yeah. people in this system. I mentioned whose newspaper articles lead to articles the next day, and. I thought, Griff, I'm, I'm not going to drop you in it, but I thought you said a perfect thing today. They generate clickbait for everyone else when there's not a story. This is not a story. Nothing that was anything was said was a story. Someone drew the blood first and then someone finished it. I think, I think if you have the maturity to say, well done, I started this, now you've finished it, let's just walk to our corners... And the next bout begins when we play again. Good luck to you. As for certain media outlets who want to sell papers on the back of what we say on a certain show that replicates the same degrees within a circle, well, then if you're an idiot enough to understand what they say and think that they're what they say is gospel, not all of them, just a couple of them, one who gets his anecdotes from the local fucking auto bin. And the other, um, who you know, who goes for the sharks? If you listen to them and think that's the opinion of rugby league, well, you're an idiot, and you need to go and really get an understanding of what the rest of rugby league land thinks. As for what this young man did in his exuberance, he did everything right. If I was the coach who was ready to fire back, I'm telling you now, I would have fired back. Love them or hate them, I don't think the Penrith Panthers did anything wrong. Case closed. Can't even Penrith. at all with that. Oh, you know, Move on. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could have another chat. I mean... No, we can't because they did nothing wrong. Fucking move on. What's the next no, game? but uh, no, but you could open up and say, "I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest with you." Actually, if you want to, if you want to open it up, I don't even think if like, I, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the comments where Penrith were accused of lacking class, and the person who made those comments has been doing it for a long time. And I'll be, I'll be honest. With you, they probably didn't need to address it in the press conference. But the coach's job is to support his players, and they 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 choose different ways to do that. And I think that if you were a player, you would expect your coach to support you, and that's the role. And I think that's probably one way to put it. Anyway, I think the Panthers will win this. We agree. Yeah, I hope so. Sweet. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a great game. I, this is game of the round for me. And to get off topic and to talk about something different, let's talk about the Raiders game next week. Uh, they're going to come up against the uh, Brisbane Broncos at Suncorp Stadium. As you can imagine with the Broncos, they're not looking to change their side. Um, <clears throat> they've been fairly stable, and why shouldn't they be? They're the only undefeated team in the competition. Um, Shane, you're going to love this one. Jared Croker's playing for the Raiders this week. Um, this is his first game. I win. Since <laughs> round nine last year. <laughs> Top point scorer this year, I'm sure. Um, Horsburgh's starting at lock. Harry and Naira to the bench. Um, that could swap on game day. We'll see how we go. 
but look, realistically, Griffo, we've got the high-flying Broncos here who have not only started really well, um, but uh, there's a lot of positives The the um, since Reese Walsh has come back into this side. There's been some positives there. Some even arguing that Adam Reynolds um, could be in career best form in uh, guiding this team around the park. They come up against the Raiders side who were disappointing last week, um, going down to the Panthers and leaking a lot of points. Am I going to be game enough to say that they need to be very wary of an um, informed Brisbane side up in Queensland? Graham, this Brisbane side has has probably got as many guns to fire as the Roosters. Um, they they are really good in attack, and Reynolds is the the puppet master. They've got a big, strong pack of forwards. Uh, they're a threat this year. They're coming up against a team that are not a threat to anything really other than the spoon. Um, without their best player still in, in Jack Whiten. They've got some good forwards, but they're, they're struggling. Um, I think uh, Jared Croker, whether he lines up against Farnworth or Staggs, they're going to target him. Um, I just think uh, this is possibly my joker. I've got to see the rest of the games, but I know there's a Paratigers game. Um, but I think the Broncos have done the right thing by me for a few weeks. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go Broncos for my Joker. I, I just think they got too many guns, and and the, and the Raiders are really struggling at the moment, particularly in defense. What you reckon, yeah, Jay? I agree, Griff. I, I don't think there's anywhere across the park where I can pick a a Raiders player who's playing better than their opposite number. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's just, it just feels like to me in all elements of their game, the Canberra are clutching at straws at times. And I think that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not that they don't, it's not that they don't have personnel. They've got some personnel who can play well. They're just not, they're just not putting it together. And, and I think that, you know, I think in round one, when we look at the Cowboys, I think I think when people said, oh, they just lost the Cowboys, that's super inflated. They really didn't play. They really didn't play well against the Dolphins. They beat the Sharks in a game where, well, you know, how many mistakes do you want to count? I thought last week was about where they were at. At fifty-three to twelve this week, they're going to get pantsed. They're going to get absolutely belted. Adam Reynolds is going to have the ball on a string. Reese Walsh is going to play havoc. I, I really fear for the result. I, I think this could be another plus fifty. I think at the end of this round, I'd be surprised if they weren't minus a hundred. They, they, they. I really think that this could be another number. And do you know what the crazy thing about this is? That um, the Broncos were our team at the start of the year that 
we were we were tossing up. I, I, I didn't have him in the eight. I mean, obviously, already now I'm saying I was wrong. Um, I think from memory, maybe one of us had him in the eight. I did. I think, I, think, I, thought, oh, yeah, I, I did. Of course you did. Go. I did. Of course you did. Hey, don't remember, they were coming top four and still bugging it up with about uh, well. two months ago, didn't they? Last year. But yeah, they're just, they're, they're one of the form teams. And mm. if you're in a tipping comp and we're giving you advice on that tipping comp, it'd be poor advice to tip against them at the moment. Um they're doing everything right. And I, I know some people might argue and say, okay, you know, last week they played the Tigers, but um, look, you can only play whoever's in front of you. And, um, you know, there was a big game, obviously, the week before with the the Dolphins. Uh, I think they had St. George the week before that. Um, you know, I can see some people mounting some arguments that, you know, they've also beaten the Cowboys. They haven't been as good as they have been. There was probably a lot of, okay, yeah, the week one they beat the Panthers, a lot of emotion there. I think a lot of people are just hanging a little bit on the Brisbane Broncos to wait until they come up against a, you know, yeah, they've played the Panthers, obviously, but, you know, if they were playing the Storm next week, how confident would you be if they were playing the Roosters next week? Um I think there's a great opportunity for them to show how serious they are. And and given the fact that Brisbane play the Raiders this week, I'm just looking ahead, fellas. Next week, they've got the Titans. I, I, I think that people would fancy them that week. And then they come up against the Parramatta Eels in that game we talked about earlier on the year, uh, being up in Darwin, being a Parramatta home game. They've, they've got a fairly good run up ahead. And I think that whilst clubs will say we're looking at this week, I think deep down they know what they've got coming up. And I, I think they'll be very confident. And I think they'll be keen to put a score on this week. I've got, I've got Brisbane. And um, they're not my margin this week, but um, they're probably my second biggest win of the week. Um... On Sunday, we'll move on to the Sunday games now. Fellas, we've got the Titans taking on the Dragons up in the Gold Coast. Uh, four o'clock is the uh, kickoff here for the first game on Sunday. Um, we've got Jaden Campbell this week in a fullback. Um, no AJ Brimson for the, um, for the Titans. Um, we've got this week uh, in at 5-8 we've got the Sex Bomb uh, Carpool Rugby League favourite Sex Bomb's there in at number 6 with Tanner Boyd which will mean there's no Kieran Foran for the uh, the Titans Um, for the Dragons uh, I noticed that Jaden Sewell was named in at number 12 there Uh, he didn't finish the game the other day so I suppose he's one of those ones that we put a bit of an asterisk next to uh, and keep an eye on. Um, you'd imagine if there was a bit of a shuffle there, it might mean, um, you know, one of the big fellas coming in and Bird going off to the edge. Um, the only other news, um, Ravalara and DeBellin, uh, they were cited last week by the judiciary, but um, only fines for them, so they'll play this week. 
A uh, bit of an interesting one here, Griffo. We've got the Titans and the Dragons. Now, whilst uh, last week we saw the Dragons have that good win against the Dolphins um, and the, the Titans had the bye, many will say that this is a bit of a tough game to pick because we've got two teams that I don't think um, many punters would have factored into their top eight. So can be a bit of a tough one when you don't have a team that's uh, that's really strong and got some uh, great form uh, over a few weeks to uh, to base your tip on. Yeah, um, Dragons uh, had a, had a, has a good win last week, uh, quite a big win over the Dolphins. Mm. And, uh, of course, the Titans had the bye. Uh, the week before, the Titans lost against the Cowboys. I actually tipped Titans, but they lost uh, both uh, A.J. Brimson and Kieran Foran, I think, in the first half, which yep. basically uh, meant that, you know, their, their chances of winning that game were almost and, nil. Um, and no Foran this week. Yeah, but... While he's not there, at least they've got a half that, you know, mm. they two guys out of their spine went out in the first half. That is, that makes it hard for any team to win. Um, I, I'm going to tip the Titans because I do actually think they're a pretty good side. Um, the, the likes of Tino, David Fafita, um, they're Mo Fatawaka. Uh, they've got, uh, interestingly, Cleese Haas making, I think it's his debut this week, uh, brother of, uh, of Payne Haas. We have seen Isaac Fasuamala Awi uh, debut a few weeks ago. They're big boys. Um, uh, I think, I think that they might overpower. Uh, the the dragons forwards. I've got a gut feeling he made his debut last year. Oh, okay. Please. Oh, okay. Oh, got this gut feeling. I could no, be wrong. Hey, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue. I think it's his first game this year. Um, yeah, most definitely this year. I uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Both these teams tend to be a little bit leaky in the defensive uh, aspects of the game. But both sides have uh, have a lot of good attacking players. Um, I'm gonna. It, it is a home game for the Titans, and I'm I'm going to tip them. They've they've had two weeks to prepare uh, for this game, knowing that uh, Brimson and also uh, Kieran Foran weren't going to be there. So um, I think that's enough preparation time. Jaden Campbell's played plenty of fullback and. And the Sex Bomber, as we know, has played a fair... Well, he played a lot first grade last year. It's Titans for me, Shane. Who are you going with? Yeah, well, well, a game where you've got the Sex Bomb playing a hunt, a bird. I feel for Jacob Little. Yeah, I've got the... I've got the... In all, in all seriousness... Um, I've got the Titans in this one. Glad um, you left your bell and alone. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go there. Sorry, so, yeah, um, too much. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that I think the Titans have got it. I agree with you. I think I think Campbell's been there before. Brian Kelly, Sh- um, Aaron Shoot, um, 
Tanner Boyd. I, I just think when I look at the when I look at their side, Big Tino, Fida, Stimson, Isaac Liu, I think they've got a starting pack that can really explode out of the blocks against the the the, the Dragons. Um, winning will be the anomaly for the Dragons this year. Playing well in that vein as well. I just think that when I look at when I look at them, the Dragons to me seem like a bit of a tapestry that when all of a sudden the pieces are put together and if it looks right, they're okay. But if you sort of kaleidoscope them as a random piece, uh, things can go poorly very quickly. And we've seen that this year where their defensive line uh, is akin to Swiss cheese. Um, it's just... I think that's what the problem for them is, is that this tapestry, when it works, it, it can actually produce results. It's going to be not working more often than not. There's going to be gaps. You know, there was there was a kickoff there a couple of weeks ago where they ran up and it was... it. You know, I've coached under 12 and I'm like, if that was my under 12s that ran up like that, I'd be I'd be somewhat upset. Um, so I've got I've got the Titans in this one. I think the Titans will win. Um, I, I think they're going to go... I think... I'm not going to say they're going to win well, but I think they're also... If you have a look at their... Um, if you have a look at their bench, I actually think their bench is a far better bench. It's a far more balanced bench for who they're going to replace than what the Dragons have got. The Dragons have problems. There's no doubt about that. I actually think that um, 19, 20, 21, 22 and 18 in their reserves could actually argue the point that actually play better than Embi DeBell and uh, Couchman and Kerr. But anyway, that's that's a discussion for Griffin to have. Um yeah, I, I, I think I've got... I don't think I know I've got the Titans in this one. I am tipping the Dragons. My logic? Now, this is going to be more Please. about <laughs> the stupidity of the NRL, more so than uh, the form of the teams. I'm going to go Dragons. Do you know why? Because they played each other about three weeks ago and the Dragons beat them. This, okay. this draw blows my mind that... Is it three? Four weeks ago, maybe. In round two this year, these teams have already played each other. The Dragons, whilst they were at home, I'll give them that, at one of their home grounds. In round two, they played each other. And then in round six, they're playing each other again. That blows my mind that two teams can play each other too close together. And just as a bit of a piss take to prove my point, um, they played each other a few weeks ago in the Dragons one. So why not? I'll go the Dragons again. That'll do me. I'll go Dragons in this one. Just on a side note there, am I making too big a deal? Is is it ridiculous that a team can play each other in round two and then round six? Uh, In a a competition where some teams only play each other once, absolutely, it's, it's, uh, it's an issue. It's not a huge issue, but I think it's, I think it's, uh, it is a little bit farcical. Mm. My biggest concern was, um, you know, the, the Titans had the bye last week. Shouldn't they be then playing the Parramatta Eagles? Parramatta, this yeah, week? absolutely, yeah, Graham. That's, Make a good you know, point. So yeah. I, I can't wait yeah. to talk about the next game, Graham. Uh, mate, 
We've got no, because, the second. Because you know what? You know who did the Warriors play in round one? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, <laughs> I it's gonna make. I was gonna say like. Gonna make my tips easy. Yeah, it's you can like see a theme the here, don't you? It. It it's is. like it's the week for it. And it's like it's they go, oh, let's go the Titans, Dragons, Knights, Warriors. People won't notice this stuff. We noticed. Anyway, McDonald Jones Stadium, uh, 6.15 on Easter Sunday. Um, Newcastle are going to host the Warriors. And as I said earlier on, guys, the Warriors, they're um, coming in second place. So... Um, a lot of focus is going to be on them this week. For the home team, uh, Kurt Mann comes back to the bench. He missed round five due to concussion. They're expecting him to play. Um, Matt Croker is good to go, but they're going to monitor him during the week. Um, he got absolutely belted last week, and they're concerned about his ribs. For the Warriors, um, Tamari Martin and Tahu Harris both been named to return for the Warriors. Uh, Martin with the head knock, Tahu Harris. Tohu Harris, I think, was a knee. Um, Watini Zalesniak. Um, Griffo, you're going to be very excited that one of your favourites is back. Number 18. So uh, keep an eye on that because you never know. He might uh, be a late inclusion, but I'd imagine he'd uh, be the 18th man. Um, I think that uh, injury was from the, the preseason. So uh, he's been out for an extended period of time. But uh, taking this game on... On, on all merits and really looking at how the teams have been traveling. We've got the Warriors who are currently sitting in second, the the Knights in 11th. And um, yeah, as we just alluded to there, if we want to go on form, we could only look back to round one, which was five weeks ago where the Warriors beat hey, the Knights, Graham, albeit in Graham, Wellington. Can I, can I highlight something? You said the stupidity and I wanted to wait till this round. I'm just going to, I'm just going to gazump this by saying this, right? So the Warriors played the Knights in round one. Correct? Yeah. yeah. Next week, the Warriors play the Cowboys. They played the Cowboys in round three. They did. And beat them. The week after they play the Storm, they haven't played the Storm yet. The week after they play the Roosters, guess what? They played the Roosters in round two. It's ridiculous. The week after that, they played the Penrith. Haven't played Penrith yet. But then they play the Bulldogs, who guess what? They played in round four. In the next five weeks, they revisit three times sides they've already played. That's why I wanted to wait. I was actually going to hold on because I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know you're going to bring it up, but I'd have had this in the wings, waiting for that. Anyway, who's going to win? <laughs> Who do you think's going to win? I'll, I'll let you have a crack. Oh, mate. okay, um, all right, me, me, me. Oh, cool. Well, going um, on, going um, on. Knights, recent, Knights recent versus Warriors. Knights versus Warriors. Um, Newcastle at home. I think, I think, I think the Warriors are going to win. Um, I I saw I saw a bit in the look. I know the Knights. It's hard because this is the tough game for me to pick. I I, I had the Knights. Now I've gone the the Warriors. This I could even change again tomorrow. I've got the Warriors because I just think in the halves, they just seem to be a bit more settled at the moment. I am loving Bradman Best and Dane Gagai for the for the um, for the Knights and the way they're playing. I think they can open the game up. I think the forward pack for the Warriors can do things. This is this is going to go down to the wire. I'm not getting caught up in what the Warriors did last week in their whole hype. 
I just think that the, the, the for me, I just think that the um, Knights, they just, they're just playing down at the moment. They're, they're not playing up. Um, they seem to have an issue. Look, the Knights score as many tries as they let in. So if the Warriors score four, they're going to have to score four. If the Knights score four, you guarantee they're going to let in four. They concede six penalties over six penalties a game. Their error count is above what the Warriors produced. Um, they've got some good run meters. In my my biggest problem is, and I, I, you know, you guys know me, I tend to go to stats when I have an issue. In all the negative stats, the the Knights are leading. And I just think a person like um, Sean Johnson will jump on that every day of the week. I've got them by a whisker. But even then, when I come to put my tips in tomorrow morning, things might change. But yeah, Warriors by a whisker, Griff. Yeah, I, I'm similar. I, I think Warriors. Um, I've been really actually a little surprised by uh, both teams. Um, Warriors with four wins that's that's phenomenal for them um, they've probably played lesser light teams but they've still won uh, and the only game they lost was against the Roosters and they were right in that game so it's it's been a really good start and if uh, as Graham said you know, they're playing a lot of those teams twice they've got an opportunity to be right up in the top four after you know probably 10 or so rounds. Um, obviously, they will run into uh, some better sides uh, after that, but uh, you can only play who's in front of you. Um, and this week in front of them is the Knights, a team they beat in round one. The Knights have surprised me um, that they're on five points, no buy in that, uh, two wins and a draw. A very creditable draw last week against the Sea Eagles. I, I did not think there were any sort of a show would beat in Manly. Uh, they nearly got there. A controversial no try, which Graham Annesley came out and agreed with with the uh, video ref. Uh, I, I'm still not agreeing with it, but you know it is what it is. Um, but they were great the nights in that game. Uh, obviously, defensively, there's still some issues there because they they let in 32 points, um, but they're still missing a number of key players, most notably uh, Kaylin Ponga, who's uh, I'm hearing that could be two or three weeks away. Um, but they've had a dig, uh, and that's been impressive. That they've really had a red hot crack, um, whereas in the last few years, maybe. They haven't. Um, so the coach is, is doing a really good job, I think. Um, if they uh, can get over the top of the, the Warriors, then the, the, you know they're probably going to be in the eight um, at the end of the round. Uh, conversely, top four already, uh, I think Graham, you mentioned they were running second. 
on the ladder. That's amazing yeah. for the Warriors. Uh, and they'll just solidify a top two uh, position if they can get the job done. And I think they will. Um, they're probably strengthened, uh, if anything, this week with the inclusions of, of Tofu Harris and... Uh, who was the other guy who said came? Oh, Tamari Martin. Mm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're looking strong um, and, and gaining in confidence. I think they can get the job done. But it'll be, uh, it'll be a tight game. Who do you think, Grant? I'm going to go with... The Warriors. Definitely the Warriors in this one. Um, I it, 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 look, it's a funny one because I mean, lucky we weren't on the airways last week. I actually had the Sharks for my biggest margin. I thought, oh yeah, did, they, yeah. They, they did. They did it right the week before, and and, and to, look, to be honest with you, I know we're talking about the Warriors. They're in second place, and they won last week. They were down twenty nil. Um, I don't know if that says more about the Warriors or more about the Sharks, but... Um, it certainly says something about the resolve of the Warriors. It does, and, and and I think there's obviously some, as you said, the resolve there, there's the, the resilience, there's the persistence, there's, um, there's that effort there. And look, to be honest with you, last week when I was watching the Manly and Knights game, I almost had the feeling that... The, the gut feeling was, oh, Manly just keep letting Newcastle back into this one a bit, and... You know, they couldn't really ice it. I think it's going to be a good game. My only concern tipping the Warriors is that they're not the type of team that over recent seasons have been consistent and you're just waiting for that week where they, they fall off the boil. Uh, to use an old Shane term Off there. the boil, yes. Go off the boil. Um, but, um, look, given the information we've got and what's in front of us... Um, I think I've got to go the um, the Warriors in this one. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with them. All right, final game of the round, um, which has become a traditional Easter Monday clash. Uh, the West Tigers will be hosting the Parramatta Eels. This one's happening at a core stadium. Um, and for those who are playing at home, uh, we haven't covered the Sharks, so obviously they've got the bye this week. But the West Tigers, uh, a lot has been made about how they've been travelling. Um, and, and the Parramatta Eels, too. I know uh, Para fans have been uh, disappointed with their start to the season. Um, very exciting, obviously, the week before last game, the win over the Panthers. But um, that's really the only um, highlight that they've got to, to write home about. They've only won one game. But um, that's one more than what the Tigers have won. They're still struggling as well. So for the Tigers here, um, Offerhand Gowie, he's in the bench this week. Um, Dewey and Brooks are in the halves. Charlie Stain's playing fullback this week. Um, so, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll leave my comment for the, for the, for the Tigers um, for when I um, do my tip. But obviously... Uh, one of the other things that um, I, I don't think we've been on the airway since Bateman's had a game for the Tigers. I could be wrong there, guys. Uh, I think he might have played one did game. He play the, did he play a game? Might have yeah, played in round three. Yeah, so he's obviously one of those players that we talked a lot in the early uh, podcast about coming into the side. 
For Parramatta, um, Sean Lane. He's a, he's a massive inclusion for this team. I think he's a, a quality player. Uh, he's coming straight back into the number 11, into their back row. Uh, he suffered a broken jaw in the preseason, so that's a massive in for them. Um, Dunster in for Simonson on the wing. Simonson suspended. Um, and Russell in for Wonga Blake in the centres. Um Regardless of what you see on the ladder here, Griffo, with Parramatta only having one win and the Tigers just sitting below them, with what we know about Rugby League, watching it closely and analysing the game, we know that Parramatta would be considered um, a side with a lot more quality than the West Tigers. Uh, do you see it being as simple as that this week? I know you've got to be very game to tip the Tigers in this current climate, um, but um, where do you see Parramatta in regards to where they've been in previous seasons and where they want to be, and then how does that relate to um, a contest against the West Tigers? Well, this game last year uh, was the surprise uh, surprise um, result uh, <laughs> when uh, Jackson Hastings potted a field goal to, uh, mm. to get the Tigers home after uh, I, I think they'd had a similar number of losses um to start the year off five five losses um and para were going very well at that stage now para have only got one win but i don't think they've been playing too badly their defense has, has leaked some points but their attack's been pretty good um i think para will win this game and i've got a feeling uh uh, they could win by quite a bit. Um, on paper, those Tigers forwards, they gee, they look strong. Uh, Big Stefano, Api, Flemmer, Papali'i, Bateman, and, and Benua Bole. Uh, and then the likes of Twal, often Gowie, Bloor on the bench, and uh, Simkin, the backup hooker. So that's a very strong forward uh, Lineup, but they've had basically that lineup in five rounds and lost. Um, I I think that the backs are, are ordinary for the Tigers, um, and I think that's where Para win. Uh, really interesting uh, that Wonga Blake's been dropped. He's you know he's got a mistake in him, old poor Wonga. Um, I, I don't know if Penrith is still part of, paying part of his uh, part of his salary. I hope not. Um, but to that was uh, you know Phil Gould signed uh, RCG and and, and Wonga Blake to these really long contracts on huge money, and and I think Penrith might still be paying part of RCG. But um, but it's interesting. We haven't seen Sean Russell play in the centres before. I, I rate him highly as as a winger. Um, you know, he might have played a lot of centres that I just don't know about. But um, I think uh, the halves, Moses and Brown up against uh, Dewey and Brooks. Um, I think that's probably where Para gain an advantage. Um, pay packets are similar. Um, but uh, Brooks and and, and Duehi just they haven't really fired 
Um, the way he's been shuffled between six and one, um, his defence has been an issue, and he's going back into the front line. Uh, I think he'll have plenty of traffic going his way. I, I can't back the Tigers. Uh, this is a Tigers home game at Parramatta's home ground. Uh, oh no, sorry, my apologies. It's at a core. Um, it is at a core. Which, yeah. So that's one of the Tigers home. Ground, yeah. Uh, they they've got a lot of home grounds. The tiger can roam over uh, hundreds of square kilometers. We know, uh, and claim all by urinating. Apparently, that's how they mark their territory. Um, so this week they're going to urinate at uh, Sydney Olympic Park. Their pheromones are in the Olympic Park. Yeah, the supporters apparently are planning some sort of walkout or turn their backs. So. That's right, yeah. Who does that, really? Was it the 12th, 12th oh, minute? They were uh, going to turn their backs. Maybe to... after the 12th try, the Paris score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they I'm might walk para. out by then. They might I'm walk tip, out by then. Tipping Para, uh, I, I think, as I said, Para's attack's been strong and, and the Tigers' defence is not good. I think they'll have too many points in them mm -hmm. um, and I think the misery will continue for the West Tigers. Yeah, I agree, Griffo. I, I think this is might be I think this might be the week where I've got to be honest, this this looks more solid for the Tigers than it has done. Like, you know, like they've like they've had the runs for weeks and 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 they've they've had a bit of toast this week. It's it's starting to stiffen up, but it's 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 still I think I think some of the problem is you've got players in this side now who just have no confidence. Who regardless of um who regardless of what they do, I think they're I think they're a bit I think they're struggling a bit. I think I think that People like Luke Brooks could probably do with a week down in 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 reserve grade, get a bit of confidence back. Um, the problem when you look at it is that the Tigers are clutching at straws now to try and abate the problem. Like they're not looking to score points, they're not looking to win, they're just looking not to lose by a heap. They're playing Para, who on their day can absolutely tear you to bits. I I just look at I look at the Tigers. There's no claws. They've got no claws. <laughs> and, that's, uh, and you know their logo, logo uh, the logo proves that. Um, yeah. I just think that I just think they've got no and sadly they've got some good. One to seventeen in that side is some very good players. It's hamstrung by rubbish. That's the problem. Luke Brooks needs to go back to reserve grade and just get his confidence back. The way he needs to be told what his role is, because he doesn't know. He gets told he's this position, he's that position. He um you've got you got Charlie Staines. Who who really 
is pull from pillar to post because one minute he's attacking fullback, next minute wherever he, he needs to be. Brent Naden is their only light knight in shining armour at the moment. Their forward pack, John Bateman has been doing some things. David Clemmer, you know, you can't you can't you can't sort of argue with his effort. Bloor, often and Gowie. I I said it earlier in this podcast. Their problem is not on the field. On the field, they're not producing. Their problem is the management of this club is a shambles. And you can have the best cereal in a bowl. If you throw off milk on it, it'll taste like shit. That's the problem with the Tigers. The off milk is everything outside of this playing group. And it taints, it sours, it it absolutely buggers up everything this club does. And it's about time that people say enough's enough. And they're not going to win a game. You look, you can play the odds and say, I'll pick them this week because every loss is close to the next win. No one knows who their coach is. You've got Sheens who's running the ship with Benji in the background and then Benji sits on the sidelines while Sheens in the, you know, like no one knows who the actual coach is of this club. The the board haven't said who's taking direction in this club. The board want control and they're hopeless at it. The freaking jersey debacle they've just had has proven that. They are a shambles. And the sad thing is, is they've got some good players who are just caught up in the midst of this shit storm that they can't get out of. The, you know... The people working the hardest at the Tigers are the guys in the fucking stands. That's who I feel for. Because I was there once upon a time with my club. And you know what? We can laugh at this club all we want and we can joke. But I remember being a 9, 10, or not 9 because we finished first, but 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year old following my club who won three games a year because its management was a shambles. It made poor decisions year after year. And it just makes you sick to the stomach. And all three of us have gone for clubs where at some point the management needed to go. And thankfully for our clubs, they went. The problem with the Tigers is they needed to go five years ago and they haven't gone. And I don't feel I don't feel for the management of this club. I feel for the people who go week in, week out and on hands and knees pray that they're gonna win and they're hamstrung by the rubbish and the shit that the management throws at this club. It's about time that the board up and left. It's about time they went into administration. 
it's about time that they just wipe the slate clean. Sheens has to bow out. You, you, you've had your go, mate. You had your go years ago and it didn't work. Just fucking bow out. Let Benji, if Benji's the guy who wants to coach his club, and if he's the man that's going to do it, leave it to him. But, you know, I, I followed a club that was went through this and it hurts. And back then it didn't matter as much because there wasn't TV deals. There wasn't the speculation. There wasn't everything. We weren't part of a merger. These guys have so much scrutiny on them and they're going to get towed this week. They should get towed for no other reason than from the top of their administration is not giving him a chance. And, you know, I've, I've, I've labored the point, but I, I just, I'm at the point now where I love rugby league and two foundation clubs went into making this and absolute freaking clowns are running this. You know, the people running the show here belong in a rodeo behind a 44-gallon drum. They don't belong in business administration. If that's too harsh or they want to have a chat about it, I'll have the chat because you do not belong there. It's as simple as that. So you're tipping para? Yeah, of course I am. They're going to win by a fucking thousand, mate. <laughs> like, it's just a joke. <laughs> Nah, I'm going there. I'm hedging my bets. The, every loss is close to the next win. I've got tides on this one. Yeah. Um, well, for those that are still wondering, um, I'm going to go Parramatta and they're my margin. Margin? Yep. Simple. Really? That confident? Yeah. <laughs> Sean Bloor's on the bench. And look, and, and I, I don't want to get back into it because I'm just going to go around the block again. But they, yeah, there, there are some yeah, quality players, yeah. and the individual players aren't the problem. We know that, yeah, yeah, we're just going to go around the block again. But um, bigger problems because we don't uh, do this on this show. We we we, we, we nip it in the bud straight. That's why it's called Carpool Rugby League because we'll talk about something, and then they'll we'll go around the block a couple of times and talk oh, about so it. Yeah. <laughs> We've been stuck, in, you know, on the on the multi-way. It's been a breakdown. You know, you know, you know, you do know that we we're millionaires, and we don't give a shit about the price of petrol. True, but um, look, that's the week previewed. Um, I, I think we've just about covered everything. I mean, surely we got so. it all. So. Um, but um, in rugby league and life, yes. Yes, and uh, look, and um, look, happy round six, and also happy Easter to everyone because uh, yes, obviously happy we've got Easter. Easter break this weekend. So um, we also want to um, send out our best wishes to everyone. Not only because you know we've got the Easter break, but uh, we've got school holidays coming up, and um, I know that you two guys are very excited about that. Tomorrow will be the oh, last so. day. Of like the big the term, big Kev, he was excited back in the day. He loved it. Remember, big Kev, yeah, be... old shower power. He was excited. He, I'm excited, yeah, that was big Kev. 
Not with us anymore, I don't think. Nah, God bless him. No, too much excitement. God rest his cotton socks. <laughs> and look, well, thanks, listeners. And thank you for being with us. Um, and whilst you might not be with us anymore, next week we'll be back on board with um, plenty to talk about. We'll see how the Eels went and um, if they got that margin. But other than that, that's just about it from us. Happy Easter. Enjoy the footy and um, enjoy the week. See ya. Bye now.